Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail, so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. What's up, everybody? It's Dale Luganville with Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. Greetings. Welcome to the program. 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 Whatever. <laughs> Hey, I want to say thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, like this page and share this page and rate and review and all that good stuff. I uh, certainly do appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. You guys are blowing me away. This uh, this podcast is growing like quickly, and uh, it's all you guys. So I appreciate it. So let's keep doing it. Let's keep the train rolling. Uh, if there's anybody you think that might like it, send them a link in their text. All that good stuff. Let's just spread the word and keep this thing going because there are still a few slackers out there um, just going off the numbers. My my uh, social media friends list, if you will. Uh, if you compare that to subscribers and such, uh, they're slacking. There's no other way to put it. They're just slacking. So <laughs> if, uh, if you are following Full Scale Outdoors on uh, Facebook or Instagram and you haven't subscribed yet, please go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe rate and review where possible uh share it with somebody you might know on those social media platforms and if you are just a friend of mine on facebook why haven't you liked the full scale outdoors page yet Hmm? just wondering Hmm? so yeah let me get that out of the way also we are open for business so if you would like to do some Fishing here in Minnesota, get a hold of me, 612-209-5438. You can obviously just send me a message on any of those social media platforms as well. I will get back to you. Um, uh, Goose hunts are available as well. Those kind of hard to book in advance, um, but just pay attention to my social media. And when I have fields uh, available and blinds open, I will holler at you and then just... uh, Jump all up in my PMs or DMs or whatever the young kids are calling it these days, and uh, we'll set something up. But definitely you can pre-book for a fishing outing. And uh, as we creep ever closer, I know some people don't like to talk about this, but I'm actually excited for it. Uh, Ice fishing season, we are not too far. We're two months, probably less than two months away from the new ice fishing season, and I'm pumped. So I'm looking forward to that schedule filling up. So get in. Get your dates picked and get a hold of me, and uh, let's go pound out some fish through the ice. It is a good time. I'll take care of you. So, there. Got through it all. Here we go. On today's episode, I have a young man who is a competition duck and goose caller. Obviously, he's a waterfowler. Pretty cool cat. And he goes by the name of David Goose. 
Yeah, that's his real name. How appropriate is that? I'm, like, severely jealous of his name. I should just change my name. That's bullshit. How come I didn't get a cool name like Fish or Goose or Hunter or something? No, no, just just old Dale Luganville here. Make people stress out trying to spell it and or read it. But, you know, hey, get work with what you got, right? All right, but here we go. We're going to get into this one. Uh, it was a pretty good one, actually. Um, I'm excited to see where this cat goes, so I'm not going to spill the beans. I want you guys to listen to it. And, uh, again, make sure you are subscribed, you're liking, you're rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. All right, let's hear about it. Let's get to it. This is the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast with David Goose. <laughs> Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Yeah. Beer, Coors Light. They were out of White Claw, so I couldn't <laughs> White Claw. Yeah, there's a shortage. <laughs> yeah. There's a big shortage. Or what's that other drink, the Thule or Truly or whatever? That I the, have all no the white I don't know, are... and I don't want to know. <laughs> I've already been busting my, my nephew's balls about White Claw because he requested it once. I was like, what is wrong with you, dude? Sure. I, I, like, they went on a beer run, came back with a bunch of stuff, some wine, and then some White Claw, and he went with a bunch of, like, my sisters and my nieces, you know. So when they came in with White Claw, I didn't think anything about it, you know, because, yep. you know, white girls. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I started poking fun about it, and they're like, we didn't get that. Trant wanted those. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Get out of here. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I've seen guys guys that drink that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was I, just at, I'm like I, I can't even I can't even do it. I, I was can't at. Tr- I it mean, doesn't taste like anything. Right. I know. It's like alcohol for people that don't actually want alcohol. Way too way too know, sweet just, for me. Sugar. It's just ridiculous. I was at a wedding not too long ago, and uh, this was after we went to a bar after the fact, and there's like a back like a like one of those meeting rooms or whatever, and there was like a table of old dudes in there they had like some 25 year work or college reunion or something going on and they were all back there drinking white cloths i'm like what no is- way <laughs> seriously there's oh like four my. old dudes drinking white cloth like, most of the old guys i know <laughs> can put back these beers like it's nothing i know i mean I, i'm like am i gonna be like that someday just yeah. cranking them back. i don't know like, it was i was like what is huh. going on i don't even i don't even get it so right out of the gate, I'm just going to say that I hate that your last name is Goose. You hate it. I hate it. It's not fair, dude. <laughs> it's not fair. It's on my birth certificate. <laughs> it's just not fair, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it worked out well. Yeah, I, I guess. Because I, I know I've uh, I've heard of guys named Fish. But, you know, fish, their parents yep. name Fisher. That is a first name yep. as a fish. Yeah. You know, hey, their name's Finn. And then they get into fear like, that's what? I mean, my nephew's name is Finn. Right. But, okay. I mean, yeah, he, Finn. he's getting into fishing now, but sure. I don't know that he'll ever go, you know, 
make it a career or anything like that. So right. I mean, that would make sense. So, I mean, you know, but like your last name is Goose without the E. But right. still, I assume that's how it's pronounced. Well, and crazy no. enough, yeah, it, it's Goose. Not like some weird German like Gosh or something. Well, okay, down the line, way back in the day, it was Goose. It was. It, well, go- it, it was German. German. It is German. It is See, German. I'm not, not but, a complete idiot. But everybody I know has gone with goose. goose and uh, my dad dad's side is originally from Roseau, upper yep. uh, Polaris is out oh, of, yeah. and goose is a big name up there so it's been goose wow. for a long yeah. long how long many time. top gun references do you get on a daily all the time <laughs> all the time you know it doesn't matter whether it was you know baseball or whatever it was goose where's goose talk at to talk me to goose. me goose yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many times have you heard that exact line in your life oh a bunch yeah. a bunch people rarely refer to me by way First name. First name. Yeah, it's, Which it's Goose. I'm fine by that. David. David. Correct? Yes. David, okay. correct. I'm so shitty with names. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember this one. It was almost, get this, it was almost Hunter. Hunter Goose? No way, That was dude. in the cards, yeah. And, wow. Um, I can't remember how it all went down, but my mom wanted David. And I was the firstborn, and uh, they had a little dispute on what I would be named, and then my mom gave birth to me and That's my dad's crazy. like okay hey, so the reason David. i hate that your name is goose for those listening is you actually are a competition goose collar correct so it's yeah. just it's far too fitting right i remember apropos. my first goose calling contest it was the novice contest down in rogers this was three years ago and uh it was uh i took fourth place and when they said my name it was like david and it was like a they're like, second pause. And they're like, uh Goose. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh-uh, this ain't real. Right. Like, what he's fucking with us. I'm like, I could show you my birth certificate if you want. It, it's Goose. That's pretty so. cool. That's awesome. And you're wearing a Goose shirt. Is that like your Yeah. So I, are you coming up with Are you making a company? You're going to make yeah, calls? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, not calls. Okay. I'm not going to do that because I'm really happy with the calls that I have. But I'm going to sell some apparel to start out with. I some, came up with a logo. Uh, it's and merch. Merch. They, they call, merch. They call okay. it merch, merch in the biz, okay. biz world. Yeah. Merch. Yep, merch. All right. <laughs> All right. L- learning from the pro over <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he got some, he's got some merch. Merch. Yeah. That's so a we're, sick we're, logo, though. I like it. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it, and uh, yeah, we're gonna sell you know some T-shirts and some sweatshirts. Um, one thing I'll be big on is uh, selling like a lot of different colors of natural colored sweatshirts because um, there's a lot of situations where you don't even wear camo when you're right, goose yeah. hunting. You're you in a layout I mean? blind. What do you need to be in camo? Right, for? you're in a layout blind or a panel blind or something like Paint. that. And sometimes it works out to just wear a natural color, you know, whether it be green or black or khaki or white and uh, snow covers. Standing corn. Right, exactly. So we're going to do a lot of that. and Cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. Right on. Yeah. That's badass. Right on. You got a trademark and everything? We're working on it. Better get on it. We're working on it. Yeah, Someone's we're going to uh, steal it. It'll be coming here, coming here pretty soon. Right, cool. So. Cool, man. Cool. So how did you get into the goose calling thing? Well, I was uh, started, obviously, hunting at a young age. I grew up in a really – I have a WPA in my backyard, and it's pretty close to privately landlocked. So you either got to know somebody or live there to get on it or walk a long way. walk suck. like – but does have an easement, or there is a way to access it, it is, from a but road. I mean, you would have had to really want to hunt that to get there. I mean, yeah. it's a long I do walk. stupid shit like that. Right. Oh, I've, I have two. <laughs> I have two. But in this particular situation, it's right in my backyard. I have I have a spot that is the bane of my hunting buddy's existence. 
I've tricked them into coming back there with me a few times. It's like two miles as the crow flies back into this Holy swamp. Yeah. yeah. So now you put decoys on your back and a yep. gun, and you got to oh, wear yeah. waders because it, it goes up and down. It's high ground, and then you're thigh high in water. Then you're back up in high ground, then you're back in the water. Sure. And it, it's not like the like the ground underneath, even the water is actually pretty firm. It's like all gravel, um, but it's – it's a long ways to go, and then if you're actually successful, you got to then you got to carry them back. Birds out, right? <laughs> Even more weight, right? Like you're coming no out kidding. heavier. I mean, depending on how many shells you burned up, but you're gonna be carrying more weight out than you carried in. Exactly, in that's the, heat the plan. Of the fucking anyways. day, yeah, yeah. The last time they went in, they swore it off. They're like, I ain't fucking doing this ever <laughs> again. But I love it, and it's not that it's a great spot because you can't really scout it. I mean, right. I, I I scouted it one year by hiking all the way in there and back out, and there was birds there, but. Just how hunting goes, we go there the very next day, nothing. We shot a goose. I mean, the birds just weren't. They just took off, and it got kind of chilly. That and it was like the first cool night of the, like late summer. Like you know, well, I think sure. it was like opener or second, maybe my second weekend opener. So like, sure. were you were scouting for early. geese or for ducks? Ducks, ducks. Yeah, we we're okay. going duck hunting back there. Okay, and uh, they were there. There was woodies back there and mallards. There was even a couple teal hanging around. One day, not even one full day. It's almost passed, like they know. and they're just like gone. It's almost well, like I they think know. they just took off. They just, you know, yeah. They just because that that cooler weather must have freaked them out, and they made a small migration or a small move, or sure, maybe they just switched food sources. I don't know, but they just weren't there right. that next day. So we ended up having to hike out pretty much empty hand. Well, we did shoot that one goose, which is kind of cool because we didn't bring any goose decoys. You know, we go in there pretty light. I think we brought like a dozen duck decoys. Sure. It's a, fairly small body water when you get back in there um it just looks so cool i mean if you were blindfolded and somebody dropped you off there outside of not being able to see mountains on the horizon you'd think you're in fucking alaska or something it's just awesome you don't hear anything nobody else goes back there the only shotgun shell i've ever found out there is one that i forgot to pick up or something like sure i'm the only idiot that goes back there it is kind of nice to not have to necessarily you know you don't 100 percent know but if it is that big of a job your average joe schmo is no. not gonna go for that no he's, you know he's not like, i want to launch my boat and get to hunt you gotta you know be a mean? moron right and i'm a moron <laughs> i mean i just do stupid shit like that i'm not afraid of it's a little bit of hard good, work, though. you know? Yeah, because once you're back there, man, it's just, it's the best. I mean, it's tailor fitted for like an Argo. If you had an Argo, yep. God, you'd be smiling. I mean, you'd have sweet. that whole place to yourself, and I wouldn't care if you shot duck or not once you get back in there because, like I said, you just have the solitude. You're not dealing with the circus at the landing or people sky busting or, you know, all the shit that, you know, setting up in the dark. Shooting your swing birds sun, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Sun comes up and there's a guy 75 yards down the cattails from you. You're like, what the fuck? Or that guy comes out at right at legal and he's oh, doing man. the rowboat yeah. deal out to his point. Typical, and you're like, oh, right. come on, right. dude. You don't have to deal with any calling. That right. sounds more like a swan. or So there's none of that going on. That's one of the things I like about it. But well, it and is, that, that's kind of crapshoot when you get back in there, though. That's kind of what this spot was like. So, you know, I grew up going back there, you know, for the – exception of maybe the neighbor boys sometimes they were a little bit older than me hunting it um i you know have that and um as far as like calling geese and stuff i remember being really young and you know when i had my bb gun and Mm -hmm. you know picking off chipmunks and stuff i just lived for that (laughs) and all my chipmunk stands in the woods and everything (laughs) chipmunk stands yeah uh, imagining I'm on the cover of oh, yeah. Outdoor yeah. Life or your, something like that. With your Boone and Crockett monk. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was back there. I had my uh, my boots on, and 
uh, it had flooded up into my yard, and I had uh, a wooden Falks goose call. Have you heard of a Falks goose call? We're talking old school. Yeah, like vaguely. Yeah. I had one of those that my grandpa had given me, and Still I just got knew it. that there was geese. I, you bet I do. That's I, awesome. I got a bunch of That's cool. uh, vintage calls. Cool. Yeah, I collect them. But, uh, yeah, I was back there, and these ge- uh, two-pack flew over, and I wasn't even hunting them, and I just started barking at them with my little call, whatever I could do at mm-hmm. that point, yeah. you know, and they landed right at my feet. I mean, that's probably, to this day, the closest I've ever been wow. to two geese, and uh, after that, I was like, this like, calling them in stuff is kind of fun, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So then after that, I, I had started hunting with my buddies, and, you know, I had always, you know, uh, worked on my calling and stuff, and then um, it was kind of like I always kind of wanted to uh compete in a goose calling contest and um you know i I would always practice and tell my buddies yeah someday i'm gonna do it and then they'd like go to game fair and go to the contest and they'd come back and be like yeah david you're gonna do that oh yeah yeah you know (laughs) and then it kind of just like you know time out in my garage and you know some pissed off neighbors you know just over and over and over again and i uh finally built up a routine and and started doing it so it's it's been really fun do you mix up your routine, or you pretty much stick, like polish what, like you know, you're always trying to improve it, and there's small things. You know, after a goose calling contest, the judges have notes, and like where they docked you, where they gave you points, and so you kind of you know what you did wrong, and you kind of work on that. You know, sometimes you know my routine has changed significantly from when I started, now, um, but I I didn't change all that much this year from last year just because i had a i had a pretty good year i won my first novice contest last year so then i was done with that the grand national novice in kansas city at rogers sweet yeah i won that and uh so then it was like now i gotta compete with the the compete with the big boys so (laughs) yeah it's kind of you know it's it's kind of that perfect balance between switching it up and trying to do the fancy stuff and at the same time, being really good at singing the song, you know. Yeah. You know. Right. So it it's all it's uh everybody does it differently. You know? Well, I would hope so. Everybody does it differently. Otherwise, they get pretty boring listening right. to it. Right. But I mean, as like the judges, like what are they, what are they docking you on? Like, um, just bad notes. I mean. Yeah. They you know, hear what you're trying to do, and when you don't do it, they're like, oh, what it, was that? It, it's tone. Um, I would say like. In the in the like a open level or world level, um, it's kind of what you didn't do that the winner did a lot of times. Okay, so, so it may not be a, a bad note, but it might right. the other the guy who won maybe had extra stuff. Exactly, you know, more made it power, more complex, more or more flow, um, better. You know, with your checkies, with taking your breaths. Um, there's a lot of things that can dictate. Um, you know, who wins a contest. But I can tell you that being in the bullpen a lot of times, um, you know, I've been cut first round. I've made it, you know, to the end. Um, Usually every guy in the bullpen after the first or second round has a pretty good idea on who's going to win. There's been a couple times. Is that getting in your head? Like, I feel like you could kind of self-defeat yourself if you're like, oh, that guy's totally going to win. So maybe you get up on the stage and you're not, like, giving it your best because you're like, oh, this guy's going to kick my ass Sometimes, you know, usually you practice your – routine so many times that you you get up there and it's just kind of you just kind of do your thing but 
you know, as far as like who wins the contest, it sometimes it's you don't even know. Sometimes you even the judges can't, couldn't even tell you like why they like that that routine, but just the combination of the flow and the technical difficulty and the power and the and the you know just differential the chicken and the stuff. Walk. The chi- yeah, the <laughs> turkey gobble, right? <laughs> All that stuff. Something you know? I noticed. Like I'm just dipping my toes in this whole world. You know, I was at Game Fair and watching the the stage and. Yeah, everybody walks around. I'm like, so do you gotta do that? Or I think I was asking either Nick or Joe. And it's like, no, but you're like, you do that to like to redirect like the sounds. So right, you're making it sound like live geese. It's not the same constant volume and right. You know, I've I've kind of bounced like, around. Oh. I've I've found that I probably blow my routine better if I don't move around a lot, just because if you're you know you're maybe more air control and different stuff like that. But sometimes you have to because if you think you're trying to replicate um, or call, you're basically trying to sound like geese, right? You know, depending on what kind of contest you're doing, it's a little different. But if you think about geese landing in a pond, right, you have cattails around it. It's on water. You know, so there's – the, the direction of the goose's head is mm-hmm. going to play a big oh, yeah. part sure. in where that sound bounces off of. And, yeah. You know, everything like that. So that's – you know, when you're on stage – you know, usually it's in a tent or a shed or something like that. And, yeah, you're using everything. You're using the ground. You're using the walls. You're uh, positioning yourself where the judges are. You know, it, using it all for acoustics and to get different tone. And, and stuff what are like the everything. different kinds of calling? Like the there's different – is there like a meat – isn't the meat bird, isn't that like a duck right. call Right, meat is more – yeah, meat is more of a duck thing. But as far as goose calling goes – um, the three major contests are there is um, a live goose calling contest, which is only 60 seconds, and you just sound like live geese. You, you sound like the geese at the park, you know. Um, then you have a two-man. Well, well, okay, you have a live, and then you have your open goose, which is what you saw at Game Fair, and that's simulating a hunting situation. Um, and then basically simulating a hunting situation and then who can do it the fanciest and fastest and the best flow. So that's what that is. And then there's a two-man goose, which is the same thing as an open, just two goose calls and working together. So, yeah, yeah I, I saw a little bit of the um, the – Couple, that's not called couples. What did you just say? Why two man, two, two man, yeah, <laughs> not couples. couples. <laughs> we're not, we're not a couple. Uh, we are blowing at each other, but it's totally different. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, blowing goose calls. <laughs> yeah, do you do duck calls at all? Competition duck at all? Yeah, I've done some. I've done some uh, meat contests. Yeah, two man meat. I've never done a uh, single man meat, but that's always something that I've always wanted to try. You know, for me, a lot of times if I'm traveling, you know. If I drove this far, yeah, you might as well enter that. You too, might as huh? well, you yeah. know. And once you get kind of your first couple contests out of the way, you kind of lose some of that stage fright, and you're kind of just like, whatever. You, you know, you're blowing a duck call. You're blowing a goose call. Go you know, on this thing. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun. That's why we do it. Yeah, it know? looks like it's fun, and it's it's a it's a pretty tight knit community. I mean, I like you bet. Again, I'm just dipping my toes in it here, but I'm seeing the same faces. You know, obviously a game fair, which makes sense because it's, you know, right. local. Uh, but even with that said, even the stuff like Donna Rogers and just being on social media, 
again, I'm still seeing the same names, and I'm you know starting to recognize names, and and then you know talking to Joe Hines and talking to Nick sure. Johnson, like I'm hearing the same names over. It's like this, there's not, this isn't something, uh, this isn't the NFL as far as like there's not every state doesn't have. Sure. Team, or there's not, you right. know, there's not hundreds of people doing this. There's well, and like a lot dozens of, that comes of people from, doing this. Well, yeah. I mean, you go down to Rogers, and that's a grand national, and it helps that it's uh, a really good contest they put on, um, good payouts. It gets a lot of people, and it's in the middle of the country. So you go to places like Rogers, and, it, it, you know, you see a lot. It's a lot bigger crowd, you know, being in the bullpen. You got guys from the West Coast, a lot of guys from the East Coast, and then you got a lot of Illinois boys, some Michigan, and then you have a big chunk from Minnesota. Is there a big West Coast, East Coast rivalry? Is it like, oh, yeah. Is it like well, the rap game? Not, not so much West Coast. <laughs> it's more like Midwest and the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, who's the biggie? Who's the biggie of, of goose calling and who's the Tupac? And <laughs> as far as the East Coast, East or, West Side, yeah, East Coast, West Coast, yeah, it. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't listen to any of that music, but yeah, seemed like the right thing to say at the time. <laughs> no, well, who would be a big name on the East Coast? Trevor Shanahan. Shanahan. Yep. There's the yeah those those East Coast boys can rip though because they got they where's got a he from? Guys. I believe Maryland. 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 Yeah, he's a two-time world champ, um, and then he's won a couple uh, Main Street Duck. Um, uh, no, you know what? I don't think he's won a Main Street. He's won a live duck contest. Hmm. I don't think I've been to Maryland World. yet. That's a state i got to check off the list. Easton, Maryland is where the World Goose is. Oh, that's where it's held? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, I have to travel so up there I'm sure I'll find myself out there That'd at some be cool. Point. Yeah. I've heard it's uh, quite the time. A lot of history, a lot of different stuff like that. Really pretty out there. So. And then what would be a West Coast? Who is a West Coast West name? Coast. Ooh, um, I wouldn't say there's as many from the West Coast. There's got to be some. There's got to be one. Uh, I just listened there's to a podcast guy that blows the other day uh, where there's a, they were talking about hunting in oof, California. Like, there's guys like Forrest Carpenter, and uh, um, as far as guys I talk to, there's a kid my age out there. Um, Cody Taylor's his name. He, he can rip. I think he won the he won something in Utah, I think. But uh, yeah, but I would I would say a big. Ch- I mean, a yeah, big there's chunk a big, of Minnesota. Yeah, there's a bunch in the upper yeah. Midwest. There, even, there's a big know. crew of us that go down go, yeah. go down to these contests, and I mean, there's been times that I'm sitting there and well, it makes sense. I mean, I we have a like, he's from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. Geese. Oh yeah, I mean, goose yeah. hunting in Minnesota in the upper Midwest is. I mean, Wisconsin, obviously the Dakotas, Iowa, you know, Illinois. And yeah, these are big goose. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, there's shit tons of geese. Oh I mean, yeah. So it it kind of goes hand in hand. You don't really hear too much about geese on the east coast or the west coast. I Man, I know they're there. Right. But it, it don't you don't really hear about it too much. Sure. Except for when supposedly they talk about the. I know I'm talking to some of these guys from the east coast that I contest call against. They claim to have the best goose hunting well, out there. But I, I'm like, I come to Fergus over. Falls. In the right time. Yeah, right. Come to Rochester, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, we got some prime goose hunting. Oh here. yeah, for sure. And it's uh I about fell over when I saw that March New York hunt that Joe and Nick did. I was like, Oh yeah. What yeah. what are you you can hunt hawkers in March? What the fuck? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think they've like, done what? that. They've done that for like, people are shooting snow geese right now and you're going for hawkers? What heck yeah. The See, the I wish hell, we could dude. do that in Minnesota. Oh, that'd be that'd be a fun time. Be sick, dude. Yeah. They've I think they've done that for quite a while. You know, I think, and then, yeah, you can hunt them in March, and then their early season, you don't even need a plug. Oh, they have, like, snow goose type yeah. regulation for the early. No plug. I don't know if they change it, but for a while, yeah. I mean, unless you're going to have an, an obscene daily limit, 
I mean, well, right. I don't know what good not having a plug is going to do. Right. Let's just say you don't. Let, let's say Minnesota, you didn't have to have a plug for early season, so you're holding. You got five. Or, I mean, you could be stupid and get an extended mag, but <laughs> the limit's only five. Right, exactly. So, so you'll you want you'll one flock that. to come in if you're a good shot. You want to be done in one right. flock. Where's, exactly. Where's the fun in that? I mean, unless True. unless the limit's fifteen. I th- I think it I think it was okay. Well, that. then now you're talking like sure. the Dakotas that you know or yep. North Dakota yep. has fifteen They're early, early season. season. Yeah. So, well, now you're talking. Now now you can do some banging. Sure. You know for sure. Now the three three shells might irritate you a little bit, but right. I mean, how often do you go? Even three for three. Right. It's, oh yeah, I for mean, sure. It happens, but oh yeah, eh, it's not crazy often. Right. Because you'd need a giant flock. You exactly. Know? Exactly. That's that's why. One of one of my favorite ways to hunt, personally, and I know there's a lot of guys that don't like this, but if I can hide them all, I love to run just an army out there. <laughs> I mean, an opener, we ran 16 guys. Holy Christ. See, I'm not a big fan of, of large groups. No? No. I just, I like knowing what I shoot. Sure. You know? I, got, I get that. Yeah. And I get that. I just find it's just, it gets to be a hassle. I mean, 10... So far has been like the most I've hunted with. And maybe I would like it. Maybe I just need to try it, you know. But I mean I've heard of like twenty guy shoots before. I'm like, how do you who calls a shot? How I mean there's no way I mean I'm gonna hunt with six guys and the guy in the end doesn't hear the guy that's calling it. You know, it's like, Oh, I didn't hear you call the shot. It's like sure I can only yell so loud. Yeah, I you know, I've been on some some bigger shoots and then obviously I still love hunting with my buddies, but yeah, I mean there I've heard stories of yeah, I mean, yeah, twenty guys shoots, twenty five guys. I mean, if shoots, you're so. if you're dealing with like, if you're insanely big, if you're flocks of geese, like right. you're talking, you know, twenty plus fifty fifty geese at a time are coming in. You know, yeah, having a lot of guns is gonna be nice to maximize those flocks, but you know, like for us, I mean, sure, shit, you're getting singles, doubles, triples, you know, maybe the odd 12 pack will come rolling in, you know, like what do you need 10 guys for 12 you don't 12 want to totally birds for? You're gonna, you shouldn't need that you're many gonna guys. You're going to hamburger the hell yeah, out of those if, things. If if you need that many guys to yeah. to kill a three yeah, pack, yeah, you got to yeah. go to the range yeah. and you got to you got to figure something yeah, out. Yeah, for you know? real, dude. But there are some crappy shots out there. It's just some bad shots oh, yeah. out there. Oh yeah. And that's I just sometimes I don't understand. I mean, and Grant, I've I do my share of missing from time to time, but Sure. Um, for the most part, I'm I'm pretty solid. It's a big fucking bird, right? I mean, well, I, you know, I'm not going to bust right. your balls if you're missing teal, right? You know, like they're coming in, they dip and dive, they're small, like yeah, okay, especially you know divers, yeah, you're going to miss a lot, right? But a decoying goose, especially like, like if you got the right trying wind, to just flop right down, like yeah, right in your right in the hole, man, yeah, that's, come on, man, <laughs> that's like shooting a target, you know, that's like a shooting a pumpkin, and basically. Stop center punching him, people, please right. stop. Take that head off, yeah. Put the bead on the beak and let her buck. Like I don't understand center punching. I don't get it. I mean, I I do get it because it's a it's the heat of battle. You're all excited. You're all amped up, and your eyes just go. They just right. go there. They just you know. That kind of that kind of reminds me of uh, when Nick J was telling me because for work he's does something with X rays or something like that. Yeah. And he brought his goose breasts in to work to X ray them and look for shot. Oh, and he has funny. Showed me some pictures of just goose breast covered in shot. Oh, you know what I mean? I bet. But then there's some obviously that probably are not even touch, yeah. but that's gotta be kind of And the crazy. shot is just better. Like when you're coming in and you and you pull up and you head shoot them and they just do that like somersault Doink. in the air. Oh yeah. it's just the best. Game over. Oh, I love it. Power button. 
like tall shots. I've done that with Snellis a couple times. You just it's kind of like a hail mary. You're like, he's kind of tall, but he's right up top. All ah, right. screw it, boom, and it's just they just come straight down. Like holy crap, I hit it. Not only did I hit it, but it died instantly. Like, just the lucky. The magic BB that just goes right into the brain box. We had an opener. We had I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I put I it do. on my Instagram story. Did you see the one we had? The I we literally were holding out of the beak. Oh, I, yeah, we've done that. We've shot last I'm, year. Like we we're shot, sitting there, we found the beak on the yeah, ground. We shot like we clobbered that thing. on the same hunt. We took a head off and a beak clean off. I mean, clean, clean, cut. right where it meets the feathers. Like it was perfect. I've never him. seen anything like it. He was still alive. He was standing up, like bobbing his head. Blood is just pouring out of his face. It's like, good God! He got up and started flying. I had to, I had to dust him. Kind of like when you decapitate a chicken, right? Right. Like, yeah. Well, they, they don't realize it. I mean, yeah. There's nothing vital in your beak, you know, in the in the goose's beak. It's just, you know, he's bleeding out, and I'm sure he got concussed. You know, I mean, that's a lot of force to rip your face off. But he was just standing there, like in shock. And so my buddy went to go get it. He didn't, you know, and he's like. He was in charge. He's like, well, how is this thing still standing? He'd never seen anything. All sure. of a sudden, it gets up and starts flying. I had to swing around to my left and shoot it again. Or I was gonna, That's interesting. I was going to get out. Shooting a headless goose. <laughs> well, it had a head. In the air. It didn't have a, a beak. didn't have a beak. The beak okay. was clean. Sure. The eyes, head, none of that got touched. It was just the beak. It was, it was close. So I basically shot it with a slug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a pattern master, and I always put – I got the long-range one You're on the cold black or what? Uh, it's the duck. They've changed him now. Yep. So I got the duck one, which I thought the goose one was the tightest pattern, but the guy at store said this is the tightest pattern. Now I went with it. Whatever. I kill. I mean, I can make some pokes with it, so sure. it works for me. I don't care what it is. It works for me, so I'm just nice. going to stick with it. I don't take it out either. Like I, yeah. I use that for ducks. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever. I either oh, yeah. miss them or kill them. That's, that's my same deal, too. I mean, I'd almost rather, you know, right. either have a clean miss or a solid kill. Like, wh- why do I want to put three BBs in them? You're out there to in a shoot spread. them and kill them, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't so. like crippling birds, you know. Oh, like, no, there's no just, worse. Yeah, so on that same hunt, we shot a head off. And then the year before that, um, buddy Joel shot one and decapitated it. I mean, the the head fell, the body went another, like, you know, <laughs> 10 feet. On this one, when we had the beak, I, there was no head. And we had a beak, mm-hmm. so I think it's safe to say there was yeah, there I was not find, much I didn't left find of anything. The beak, so, but we, it was gone off of the face of the bird. <laughs> it's just the damnedest thing. <laughs> when you're on them, you're on them, dude. Yeah, it, it was like a ten yard shot. <laughs> yeah, too. exactly. And he was yep, coming across, close. you know, and it was just exact same thing. Yeah, it was crossing shot. Exactly. All three out. of those same thing, just Lights crossing out. shots. Yeah, Heck yeah, crazy. How's your season been going? This been year? going all right. Yeah, yeah, we we had a good opener. Um, we had our opener sucked. Yeah. I remember you texting me on that. We had, um, my buddy had a spot. He had a field easily like 300 in it, mm. you know, 250, 300. He'd send me Snapchats and stuff every day. And, and he had been watching that sucker and had permission for like a, three weeks. I mean, he had, he was on it for a long time. Two days before the farmer goes and leases it underneath him. What? Yeah, and I mean, literally, he was, he had film of these birds, he had everything, so he was, it was just like, you know, what do we do? Oh, my so God. So, we sat up the flight line, I think we ran, just I mean, traffic. we ran a big, big spread, had 16 guys, 
you know, <laughs> everybody that could blow a Jesus. call was blowing a call, and we cut them off, and we crushed 49 out of there. Wow. And, and they picked up by, the guys sitting on the exit lease had picked up by, I think it was 8 o'clock. They had packed their stuff. And and they got they out had there. their. They were done. They were done. They shot, shot them up. Or were you cutting them off before they we got We cut there? them off before they oh, got really? there. Oh, really? They got frustrated and left? They got frustrated and left. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't want anything of it. So, I mean, me being a goose caller and stuff, you know, I mean, I blow my goose call every single day, yeah. whether it's February or whether it's November, whenever. Right. Every single day yeah. I blow my goose call. And I'm if I'm not thinking about blowing in a goose calling contest, I'm thinking about in a traffic situation, somebody pissed you off, they're sitting on the X, and you set out a big spread and you flat out cut them I'll off. I'll tell you what, you know, Nick Johnson was talking about that. He's like, calling is by far more important than decoys. It's and huge. He's, he's doesn't hunt with the flag anymore. He just like they're, he doesn't even he's flag. Like they're stupid. He's well, like, I know I there's I talk. See any there's talk about. But I'm not sure how much like, I agree with that. Sure, but. I I like to use flags when they're far out. Like uh, yeah, last not last weekend, but the weekend before we were running migrators, and we had. I mean, if we saw a migrator flock out in the distance, we had four or five guys out in the decoys. Just flagging away Trying at them, to, and then when they get closer, yeah. hop in. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I like to flag at them when they're far out, and then after that, yeah. once they it's, see the spread, you just let the call. It's a hard thing to prove, you know. I get what he's saying, but it seems like, at least anecdotally, there are times where we feel that the flag definitely turned a flock of geese. Right. Where it's oh, like yeah. they're on a line, they're on a line. Somebody hits that flag, and all of a sudden they turn. It's like, was it coincidence? Now we it's use our possible, magic mics a lot for but, that. Yeah. You know, but it sure seemed like they turned as soon as we started. Just to get their attention. Yeah, and then, yeah, then put it down and then just call, you know. But I know so many people that do that flag, like they're coming up with like, will you stop? You're like flashing a neon sign on them right now, telling them where you're at. They're coming. Let them just – let them keep coming. Why don't we ran a drone over one of our spreads one time, and we're like, hit the the magic mic. We hit that, and looking at that, I mean, it does look pretty realistic. It does – Looks you like know, a bird stretching their wings. Exactly. Kind of it 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 looked surprisingly really because people always get worried about you know like the geese flying over you know a flag laying down you know and, yeah and or they try to cover it up with decoys or whatever but when you hit it it looks super yeah. super. I don't realistic. think you really need to worry about it. If that thing's not moving. They're not going to notice it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always random shit in the field. Whether it's a rock or well, if it's a black and white too, it's just like hell. a black and white silhouette. Yeah, yeah essentially, that's, that's you know, fine. I want people. One thing hunters are really good at is overthinking shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stay hidden, practice your calling. You're gonna kill birds. One hundred percent. You know, like one hundred percent. Like the biggest debate in the book is silhouettes don't work. Well, I think Joe put that to rest the last week. Oh man, you watch, we, if you you know, know, we were running Snapchat. migrators. <laughs> we were running migrators. We didn't use anything but silhouettes. Yeah, we ran forty-five dozen silhouettes. Joe? No, I wasn't. Oh, with okay, because Joe was running nothing but silhouettes out in North Heck Dakota yeah. last we had weekend. To, we had smashed. to walk into, and you know what? When I went out to North Dakota with Nick J, we had. A, I mean, we had the whole crew. We had Joe, Nick J, um, the Fergus boys. We had Joey Vasallo. I mean, we had the whole army out there. A bunch of callers. Yeah, we set silos out. We ran migrators, and with that many good callers, you probably could have put two decoys out <laughs> and just went to town. It's it's pretty nuts when you get a <laughs> bunch of callers together, man. I mean, and even if you're not all screaming at them, you're all just kind of mm-hmm. doing your thing too. It sounds really good. They're doing the the eight man competition, right? Like everybody's eight working. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? We hunted um, so that uh, not last weekend because I didn't help. But the weekend before last, uh, we hunted with Nick Nick J. And yep. um, he's been on him this year. Yeah, he's been getting good. Well, I mean, 
and pat myself on the back. He was hunting one of my fields. Oh, was he? Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. I put him on a good field. Nice. It's historically been a really good field. You know, we checked it out, and he liked what he was seeing. It's a good – it's it's a high-traffic spot for local birds, and when they're migrating. Perfect. There's a lot of areas around that That's perfect. That spot. Yep that draw migrators historically. So you're just, you're in a high traffic area. You're going to see geese. Um, but with that said, I mean, we just let him drive. I mean, he did the majority of the calling and then, you know, I'm not the worst call in the world. By no means am I a competition caller. Uh, same with, you know, my buddy Joel. And we just kind of, we filled in, you know, we let him set the pace. And if he got excited, we got excited. And if he started dropping off, we start. you know, we just follow tried to, yep. yeah, we just played follow leader with him. And whether it worked or not, I don't know, but we had a, you know, eight man limit by 1030. So, you know, and a lot of that too is, is if you show your cards too early, you know, if, you know, if you start them easy and if they don't like it and, and then you start flashing your, um, fancier stuff, your fancier notes, you know, spit note, you know, mm -hmm. train, whatever, that's how you're going to get a better reaction. On yeah. And honestly, he eyes. didn't really go too crazy until we had some migrators. You know, and he was really trying to get their attention, uh, but but that was fun because migrators you could, are fun. You man. can really see what he can. You're like, oh shit! Like, well, and that's what originally when we went out to North Dakota with that whole crew was. It was right right about now when uh, we have a little break, and last year, yeah, and we had straight north winds. We were waiting for the north winds to come. All early goose, we didn't get anything. And then the five days that it was closed, we had like five days north winds, and then duck opener came around south winds. So we're like, let's go out to North Dakota, and that's exactly what it did. Brought a lot of silos, got the whole army together, and there's, you know what? That's another thing about contest calling, is migrator days roll around. You got a whole army of dudes that you yeah, can right. Hey, yeah. call them up, call yep. them up. You hey, know what I mean? Yeah. Get them all together yeah. and and run those. That would be pretty around. fun. I'll tell you. I'll a good commercial for those Dave Smith decoys too, because that's what Nick had out yep. in that field. But holy crap, those things look real. We had our limit. We're piling them up for the picture, or whatever. You know, we're getting trucks are in the field. We're get and this four pack comes in, start flying, and we start calling them. They turn, land, in the decoys. We're all, I mean, we're all just standing there, just hanging. They out. were hungry. I mean, these things. I mean, they were just as soon as they hit the ground, they started eating. My buddy kind of chases them out, see how close he can get to them. They fly. They only go like 100, 150 yards around. We start calling at them again. They turn right back around. We did that three times. Fourth time, we just let them land. We're like, whatever. And they did. They just hang. They hung out the whole time we picked up decoys. They didn't care. They Heck did yeah. not care. It's like, God, if we had another guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? No kidding. That's what you get. I yeah. Mean, seriously, if we had had one of those groups, that would have been an epic day because we kept seeing geese. And there was no way that migration was done. We could have sat there until 1 o'clock probably. Was that not? This last weekend, but it was the weekend before. The weekend before. Okay, yep. so yeah, that I was Saturday. sitting. I was sitting. I had kind of a funny thing happen. I've never had this happen before, actually. But we had um, a traffic spot. It was kind of similar. We were surrounded in lakes. There was a flight line going right over it. There was a big feed across the road, and we we were going to have migrators in north wind. You know, I didn't. It was a little bit of a light wind. I was kind of worried that we weren't going to get a good push. But so that's why I was like, okay, well, we'll sit here because um, it's in a good area, and we got geese flying directly over it. So I called up uh, my buddy Colton and Tony, two guys that I uh, compete with and have traveled with and stuff, goose callers. So we go and set all the silos up, and we had a decent shootout there. We killed 18, so it wasn't a total smash, but, I mean, it was a yeah. good day. We sat from start to finish, and 
we killed migrators, and for me personally, I'd rather have migrators do it and only cu- shoot a couple of them than just smash them all day long. I, I mean, think when that I think that's it, a pretty standard thing with like hardcore goose guys. When they it's do like, it, locals hard, are great, right? But migrators. when you when you change their mind, they're going somewhere else, and you and you change and their mind you. and you 100%. kill those birds. That's one hundred percent. You know, it's one thing when you're on the X. And you see those birds, and they're they're just barely flapping, and they're coming right to the field. It's like, oh, these birds are dead. Like you wouldn't right. even have to call at them one time. And you're trying to center them up, maybe a little bit, but they're those birds are dead. It's just a matter of time. Is that great? Yeah, it's fun. You're still shooting geese. Yeah, you're still shooting geese. It's but, success. It's a pile at the end of the day. Right. However, with without any skill on your part, they were coming. Any yeah, that's shooting. I mean, but you when, found the spot. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But then you're just you're you're but out there shooting. When you're putting at on those mile high birds and you're pulling them down, and we're just watching their body language too. Geese. Oh yeah. You know when they when they really want to get down when they when they change their mind when they're like we're coming down that that show priceless. So that show is the best priceless. <laughs> you know when they you know everything from the when they got the cupped wings they just drop for. When they, I like it when they hang too. When they just kind of yeah. just yeah. keep coming, and then they maybe flip a little flip, bit. Yeah. They lose a little Go bit of elevation. Down, they a little bit. Catch the when they wind do a that, bit. they can drop elevation quick, dude. Quick, dude. Yeah, I I read an article about that. Yeah, I can't remember what exactly how much they lose, but it's crazy when they just kick back a little bit like that. Yeah, they just, they just fall. fall straight down. It's like, dude, it's that's when they really want to get down. I I would take three. Flocks of geese doing that versus a day of shooting geese all day. Yeah, I, maybe I'm weird. I don't know, yeah, but no, when I they mean, do it right, it is. It's a lot of fun. And we had a time last year we were hunting migrators, and yeah, we we're pulling them down just from the heavens. And when they start doing it, when you know you got one, you know when they they kind of ball up. They're in a V. And they actually get past you a little bit, and all of a sudden you see them kind of ball up, and they start. They're like, "Oh shit, like, here, here we go!" go. And then yep. you really start hammering on them to keep them in. It's like you know how hard it is to blow a goose call when you got a shit-eating grin on your face. It's almost <laughs> impossible. You can't smile and blow <laughs> right. a goose call at the same time. It's like so you gotta like, okay, okay, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Calm down. All right. Then get back to calling. We still gotta shoot him. <laughs> you know, we still gotta shoot him. It's not keep, over. We gotta keep calling. Keep calling him. <laughs> calm down. But it's just like the the visual. It's ah, I don't know. Like I think that's why like waterfalling in general is such an obsession for so many people. Obsession because there's that word. there's not that many other things to hunt that encapsulate that. Now I know some people get crazy about turkeys for the same reason because yep. it's that interaction. You're like. Tricking them to do something they don't necessarily—they're putting want on a do. show. Geese and they put on a show a lot of and times. Then, you know and then, and then deer, I can see if they're responding to like a rattle or something like that. Um, but that's kind of rare. At least it's not common that that works. You know, you have to have—you know—there's all sorts of science behind it. You have to have a high, you right. know, buck to doe ratio where the competition's really, you know, steep, and then the the bucks are more responsive to rattling and grunting and all that. Blah 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 blah. But with ducks and geese, mostly geese, really, it's they're very vocal. Oh yeah, and it's that's a huge part of it. And then that image you get that those cupped out wings and maple leaf and cupped ah, wings. God, it's just the best. It's it like the, the whole thing together. And then you know you throw in ducks in the mix and you get variety. You right. know, a deer is a deer is a deer is a deer. You know, you're looking for that big rack or whatever. A grouse looks like every other grouse you've ever shot. 
turkeys for the most part all look the fucking same. Right. But when you get into waterfalling, you got a whole menu of shit that you get to to kill. What I what I love is is when they're really doing it and you're calling at them and they start maple leafing and then it's everybody stops calling you just hear holy shit. <laughs> like we're going to mop these ones. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like yep. Oh man, here we go. Yeah, I'm just like, oh Jesus, here we go. <laughs> here we go. But anyways, what happened with this spot? So we were running traffic on them, running migrators. Not a single goose feeding in the field. We killed 18 out of there. It was a fun day. Sat from start to finish. The next day, the next day, that field was loaded. Really loaded After up. After you beat the and piss out. Everybody was calling me, texting me. They're like, Hey, are you out hunting that field? They thought Be- they were deep because the 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 they were sitting exactly like our decoy spread. I had to go see it for my own eyes. Wow! Our landing zone was open. All the geese were sitting right where I don't know if we just had geese that saw the spread and didn't come in and were like, like hey, "We're we'll going to feed there tomorrow." tomorrow. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. go here today. Go yeah. here tomorrow. So the combination of you know us going out there and killing geese and then that happening. Now all of a sudden. Everybody claims they have permission on this field. Oh yeah, yeah. One of those situations, oh, yeah. you know. The you know the neighbor was involved, and then the na- We kind of talked it out with the neighbor, and uh, he was kind of worked up at some point because we were said we were going to hunt it. We had permission, and then I was at work, and I got a text from the neighbor, the guy that said he was going to hunt it. He's like, "Wow, so you send your buddies out now to hunt it now?" And I'm like, "None of my guys are out there." And he sends me a picture of the truck and. There was somebody else was out wow. there, so it was just, yeah. I mean, is it, it possible that the landowner gave somebody else permission? It is, it is, okay. yeah, it, it is possible. But uh, yeah, I just found that interesting that we run a traffic spread and then all of a sudden geese start feeding in there. That was crazy. I mean, and and it didn't help too that we sat out there all day with such a massive spread. I mean, we probably had easily twenty five, thirty trucks. Just like slow down, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're there driving, and then all of a sudden you just see them like stop. Yep, like slow oh, down. They're like trying to figure out is that a spread yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know? And then I'm, we were shooting. That's and a good thing. That stuff. that's what flags are good for, right? As you're scouting geese, you're like, oh, are those. Oh, there's a flag. Never mind. <laughs> that those are decoys. Have you ever have you ever had people <laughs> like trucks slow down and stuff, and then sure enough, they go in and uh, ask permission on the field when you're sitting out there? No. I've had that happen. While you're actively hunting. While we're hunting. They see a big spread, and they're like, well, I'm going to go get permission on that. Whether they think, I don't know if they think they're, wow. they probably think they're real geese. They I mean, I know do. competition's steep and everything for a good field, but that's a little ridiculous. Unless they don't, unless they unless do they think they're just, just think they're yeah, geese. Unless they that just, that, that would possible. be my best guess. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Because usually my first thought would be, I mean, there's enough drama with hunting as but it is. But you should watch them. I mean, I was, if you like, oh, don't you watch them? Like if they're not moving, you're like some people do, some people don't, you know. But okay, they're not moving. Those got to be decoys, right? Well, know? for me, when I scout a field too, if I find an X field, if I find a feed, the first thing I think about is, well, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's their flight path? Where are they roosting? Where are they loafing? You know what I mean? Because that just having a feed of geese, like, cool. You know, if you get on that field, you know, you'll have a good shoot. But you know, if you can think about how do I cut them off, or you know, where are they loafing? It, Kind of open yeah, your what's the, what's your opinion on that? And I'm talking to Nick J. He's like, he'd rather not hunt the X. He'd rather, you know, he's going to get permission for the X. Sure. But then he's also going to get permission 
for the field in between. Right. And he's just going to siphon off those birds for well, a few hunts instead of just burning it out on one good one. I'm like, you know what? That actually makes a shit ton of sense. It does. Well, and it's, it, it depends. If you're running an outfitter, it makes even more sense. But it depends on how much time you have to hunt. If you're going to hunt one day, you go, in my opinion, get a bunch of guys and go shoot up that feed. You know what I mean? If you're going to ha- hunt for the next four days, find a traffic field. Because most of the time an X field is either an X field because, you know, they're, they're feeding it or because nobody can hunt it. You know what I mean? So sometimes your only option is to run traffic right. on them. Yeah, correct. But, yeah, if you're going to be hunting for a couple days, you know, maybe get permission on that X field just so nobody else can hunt it. But, yeah, run traffic on them. Get the right guys in there. Yeah, right. You know, get yep. guys that can call. Yep. You know, call up your contest calling buddies or whatever and get guys in there. But, yeah, if you can do it right, if you can do it right, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the satisfaction of bringing geese into somewhere that oh, they've yeah. never been. Um, Yeah, do that, you know. That's then so bust, cool. bust up the feed on the last day or don't even do it at all, you know. Yeah. So. Any bands this year? No, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Been a part of two. Actually, I lied. <laughs> I was going to say I've been a part of two of them, but. Only kind of. So the first one, we got one. You had to have heard that story when we were hunting that field with Nick J. We had one bird to shoot. So there's one guy left. We put this flock of birds on the ground. You know, he's like, all right, you get ready. And then Nick's like, hey, you know what? Let me check. Let me check real quick and see if that bird's banning. So it was like, actually, I think it was a bird that really? we busted off of a migrator flock. I've heard this we, story we, before. We plucked one bird out. And he came over and he did this. He landed. The other ones kind of ignored it. You know, they kind of did a circle, but they didn't. They weren't buying it or whatever, and they kept going. But one of them busted off, landed, and he's like, "All right, there's your bird. Just sit up, and shoot him." And Nick's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Let me check." Puts the knockers up. He's like, "Holy shit, that bird is fucking banded." They're like, "What? No way!" I'm trying to strain my eyes. I'm like, "I feel like I see something." Surprised like, he didn't just shoot it. Could just be a feather. Well, I had my limit already. I suppose. So he. He's like, it's fucking banded. He's like, get up, and he's walking towards it, you know. And, the, and these geese, they just want, I mean, these were hungry-ass geese. They did not want to leave that field. So it's starting to walk away kind of, but, like, doesn't want to. And the guy, you know, squares his shoulders up, takes aim. And <laughs> you can hear Nick. He was, like, Snapchatting. He's like, do not miss this band. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, and he shoots it, and they go over and sure as shit. I've heard banded. a similar story. I wasn't on this hunt, but uh, some of my buddies from Rochester, some of the other Mulkier guys, um, they had watched. For, I think it was. Now I'm probably going to botch a story, but this is roughly <laughs> how it went. They had watched a goose with a neck collar on it. Oh my for god! For like three years, coming to Silver Lake in Rochester, right? Nobody killed it. Kept seeing it year after year, and uh, they were hunting, and they saw. The neck collar had just come back into town, and so they were out hunting, and like a, we're talking, I mean, it's Rochester, so there's a lot of geese, so we're talking like a hundred, I mean, 150 geese fly over, I mean, it's a, it's a big, big flock of geese, they're just barking at them, barking at them, and uh, one goose breaks off. One goose breaks off of that big flock, and it comes Don't in, and they crush it. Don't even tell me it's that and collared it's that, goose. that collared goose. No fucking way. Mike Hewlett. Mike Hewlett from Rochester. Yeah, they, they crushed that. and What the sounded hell? Sounded like they went went to the liquor store after that and, Shit, and celebrated for a while. Lottery tickets, everything. Like, Heck, you, yeah. Lady Luck's on your side that day. Holy shit. But well, that was pretty cool that the band we got was like no controversy because only one guy was shooting. Yeah. You know, it's like that was – 
just trippy. But then I had a bass tournament this past weekend, so I couldn't hunt. But my buddies went out and they hunted my field, same field. Sure. That we hunted with Nick J. They didn't do very well. They only shot three. But sure, shit, one of them was banded. Now, what was the situation? Were they feeding? Was it a big feed of geese, or it was just they, it was they all just, traffic? They went in there blind that day. Okay, they they okay. hadn't. Um, they didn't scout. They didn't. They, the one Hail benefit. Mary. The one. Well, the benefit we have of that field is it's historically a good field. It's high right. traffic. I, that's right. It's, you it's said traffic that, yeah. for locals. It's traffic for migrators. It's just if you have to hunt somewhere blind, that's a great field to do it. Sure. You have a you know, roll the dice. You have a pretty good chance of seeing. We some all have birds. spots like that. Yeah, of, of seeing some birds. Plus, it's the only small grain field in probably at least a five mile square. You know, five square mile area. That helps. Yeah. So this earlier season, that's that's money. big. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. So, they, but they, it was really heavy fog. They said they heard a couple other flocks, but they didn't. They couldn't. They never materialized out of the the fog. And um, yeah, they only got three that day, but. Three and one's banded. That's the success of my book. Yeah, for you know, sure, for that's sure. Pretty awesome. Now, what are you what are you going to be doing next weekend? Are you going to be duck hunting? Are you going to go goose hunting? No, neither. So neither. Yeah, this weekend I um, I'm actually flying out Thursday morning. I go to South Carolina. Okay. And so I'm fishing one day down there. My brother lives there, so I'm going to do some red fishing and sure. sharks. Hopefully, get a nice big bull, bull red. Catch a couple sharks. And then uh, I'm getting a I'm getting a car for my brother, so I'm driving it back. So okay, Saturday and Sunday are burnt up driving from South Carolina Flying back and to road tripping. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Something kind of cool. Sure. Um, I'll probably stop somewhere in the Chicago area. It's, I mean, last time I did it in a U-Haul and I made it uh, to Madison. So I'm like, I think I'll stop a little earlier this time. Sure. <laughs> I suppose it's a little early to be hitting up some of the outfitters down there. Yeah. I mean, I got, you know, I did that um, with the podcast with the guys from Jim Shoe Decoys, and he's out of okay. Corey, uh, he's out of Ohio. Okay. Uh, yep. So he's giving me an invite down there for January. Nice. Yeah. So, you know. Yep. Big Al's kid. We play, I, our, we play our cards right. Big Al's kid uh, is from around there, and he gets into them. Yeah, I, I – talk to him on instagram and different stuff like that seems like a really cool dude so that'd be a that'd be a fun place yeah to go. We'll, we'll play it by ear when we get there um i don't know how many you know how much space he has for whoever but it'd be cool sure. to bring a, a crew down there you know Heck yeah get a whole army of yeah. guys he might already have an army i don't know i mean i, I can't you know i'm not gonna everybody has i'm an not army. gonna invite for him he he gave me the invite and that's good enough for me but he's coming up here uh this is the first or second weekend of October, so hopefully we can. F- I'm hoping some of this corn starts, the silage corn starts coming out. Yeah, we'll have to see. I had, I hunted a sweet corn field on uh, Sunday. Oh, I've not yet done that. Is yeah, they, it as awesome as they say? Oh yeah, they, <laughs> dude. Oh yeah, sweet corn is like cocaine to geese, man. When they get a taste of it, they they don't leave. They just keep coming. You know, they've killed. Is it because uh, it's softer? Is it, I mean, like I the, the, the waste I, grain. It's not like seed grain. It's it's. I know somebody's explained it to me at some point, and there's something about like when it gets wet or, or something like that. Or just more carbs to it. Does it have like, more sugar? It's, so that's it's just probably a better what it is. Source? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's a sweet corn field around me that's like um, historically. I mean, I remember my first goose calling contest. Somebody from I can't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned that sweet corn field to me. They had come up and hunted it, and they were from like Illinois or something like that. I'm like. Holy smokes! Like, and that's like not far from my house. But yeah, there there was this sweet corn field, and and they had killed like, 125 geese out of there this season, out of that one field. So they just keep coming, man. Yeah, that's 
The fog I've, killed us that day. I've yet, there's, so I want to hunt a sweet corn field at some point in time, and I really want to hunt a golf course. Golf course, yep. <laughs> and then that's more of just like, fuck you, birds. <laughs> like, you think you're safe here? Fuck you. Right. You assholes. That's why I want to, like, out of just complete spite and malice for these golf course birds is the only reason I want to hunt them on a golf course at some point in time. you got to have the right connections, or you got to, if you're an outfitter, usually they'll, like, lease it out or something Yeah, like I'll that. throw them a couple bucks I know, or something. I know, like, yeah, like Trevor, I think, Trevor and um, Joe and Ben, ben Millier, yeah, they had negotiated a golf course hunt, and I know some other outfitters maxed out does one, I think, so... Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would. Ju- I mean, it would. Honestly, it's just like, and if I killed a goose, it'd be a success because I'm literally gonna run up to him and be like, "Fuck you!" Double flipping it off. The thing is, when you get out there, you'll. When you get out there, you'll be like, "Okay, now this grass and this pond. Now we could run some serious migrators out of this spot." You're like, "Oh, God, oh we yeah. could ever do." But could you imagine that oh. a migrator hunt on a golf course? Have you hunted a sod farm before? I have hunted sod. Okay, so yep, we I hunted sod with Trevor. We've had yeah. um, permission for sod fields in sure. the past, and that those are great migrator spots. Oh, I mean, you yeah. can't get much better right. visibility than a sod farm. I mean, it's giant swath of the same color green. Your decoys stick out like crazy. And you got to think, you got to figure that geese are like, okay, that's that's sod, like that's like that's grass, like that's exactly yeah, that's what we're looking nice for right now. Wolf. You, know, you know, they're just exactly. coming down to rest. They've been flying for who knows how long, and. I mean, yeah, like going back to that story, I mean, those birds in that field, you know, the moment they hit the ground, they started eating. I mean, literally, as we're walking up to them, they're like walking away, but they're like eating grass. They're like trying to grab a blade of grass as they're walking away from us. Like they're they're starving. I mean, who knows where they left from, but I mean, there are molts, obviously. Yep. You know, coming back and um, both bands. So the band that we got with Nick and the band that my buddies got last weekend were from Wisconsin. Okay. So probably banded, you know, probably banded, you know, somewhere around Crex Meadows would be sure. my guess. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, they're coming in from the north, so they they didn't fly in from the east. They didn't fly in from Wisconsin. They came in from Canada, more than likely. It's always cool when you look in, like, the wildfowl magazines and stuff when they got the band reports. I love that. And That's you just see the crazy, that crazy, like, one flew from, like, like – banning in Alaska. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And they banned them in Alaska and then it's shot in, like, Illinois or something like that. Some of the most – obviously, snow geese have, like, some of the, the craziest ones. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, Nunavut and then all the way to Arkansas or whatever. Um, but it's when you see, like, a pintail or something, like, banded. Right. Yeah, banded somewhere in Alaska and shot in, you know, Utah. You're like, what the fuck? Or New Jersey. Like, the it's just crazy. Right. I love those. I love when they, you know, they do the little – you know, it's like the plane loop. They show you, like, their travel path. Yeah. You're like, God, that that stuff interests me so much. I am such a sucker for that type of stuff. You know what? That and I love, I love like, reading, like, history of waterfowl stuff or, like, vintage decoys yep. or vintage calls. Yep. Or, that's why I really want to make it down to the um, Minnesota Waterfall Hall of Fame. That, that's put on by the Minnesota Waterfall Association. It sounds mm-hmm. like that's going to shut down, so I'm going to try to oh, really? hustle my butt to get there before Jesus. that. Where yeah, I don't that know if at? you heard about that. It's I in haven't. Hopkins. I didn't even know we yeah, had they, one. I, supposedly they have – I've never been there, but supposedly they have a bunch they of, like, work on vintage, their marketing. Right? I know. I would have went there years ago if I – you know what I mean? But, yeah, they, supposedly they have a bunch of vintage decoys and calls oh, and man, all kinds well, of, like, old, like, DU stuff. And, yeah, 
heck yeah. I I mean, holy smokes, I'd go broke. Dude, some but... of those decoys are expensive as fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have some some uh, hand carved ones myself, but yeah, I can't imagine what some of those old ones are. I w- I just would have loved to be a fly on the wall way back in the day. Right. You know. You know. Like even my grandma gave me my uh, my grandpa's and my great grandpa's duck stamps that he paid like ten bucks for. You know. That's and cool. They hand sign them and stuff. And cool. I'm just I'm just a sucker for that. I I just love everything oh, that about shit's it. Cool, dude. You know, it's like it, it it's like a, a kid loving baseball studying babe ruth you know right I mean? yeah it's the same thing yeah. you know it is that's dude that's badass there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah. i've always liked decoys even before i like i really got even into hunting because i'm you know to call it adult onset hunting i mean nobody in my family hunted nobody i just it was something that was always kind of in me sure. tried it in the um me and my buddy did it a little bit dabbled in it in high school and then he had a um few bags of decoys i think he got from an uncle or something and sure. then, then they got stolen and once that happened it's like well shit we're fucked what do you we do? don't have any money to go buy three bags of decoys so then we, i just got out of it and it was i don't know it was in my mid-20s or something i'm like you know what i think i'm gonna try duck hunting i literally went to fleet farm i bought like two wood duck decoys and Heck four yeah. mallard decoys threw them out in this little river channel shot a few ducks i mean it the, the Honestly, the the first wood duck came running up that chute, and it was just a pass chute. He wasn't decoying. He was just running up the run up the chute. I swung on him, one shot, dropped him. That was it. I mean, sure. right, right. I knew right then and there. I'm like, well, this is my future for the rest of my life. Heck right yeah. here, that was badass. I hunted with some of my buddies quite a bit, I, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I actually killed my first duck, and I shot the mojo with it. <laughs> yeah, I was so jacked Oops. about that. I, I was so jacked that I shot the duck, and then the dog goes out the other direction and goes uh, gets the mojo. My buddy's like, "Well, you shot the mojo too." <laughs> so I was I went from like super excited to like, "Oh no!" Oh, like, "Oh shit!" shit. Right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I hunted with a bunch of my buddies, and That's then hilarious. growing up where I did too, I can remember the first wood duck or first duck that i killed on my own with my 30 dollar flambo walmart decoys that i had bought and with waders that were like five times too big and a wooden yeah falx right. duck call that i had had i remember the first duck i killed and that was you know i had killed other ducks and geese and stuff with my buddies but when i went out by myself you know found the spot hid called put the decoys out and killed that it was like that was that was fun and, that, and at cool. that point it was like this isn't so bad. This is yeah, this is fun. That's cool. It's yeah, there's something special about waterfall hunting for sure. It just has a different it's, 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 there's other elements to it that just set it apart from It's kind of like you, you got to take somebody out for them to really yeah. like, you know, some people are like, "Oh yeah, I'll do that," I'll but tell it's you like what, man, you get them you, out and if you've never been in a marsh or lake right at sunrise, you don't you have no idea what you're missing. You don't even know. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can't explain it to people. I mean, as the world starts to come alive in the marsh, the sights, the sounds, the like, just the colors. Like, as, I mean, it's. I mean, you can take the duck hunting aspect out of it, right? If you're not a hunter and somehow you're fucking listening to this, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <right>. Uh, but <laughs> I highly doubt it. Anyways, if 
you are one of those people, you're not into hunting, or maybe you have a, a spouse that hunts and you're not into it. At some point in time, set your alarm at that ungodly hour, get up with them, go out in the blind with them in the boat, wherever they're hunting, and just enjoy the show. Because so many people in this world live their whole life without experiencing without that. ever seeing the sunrise on a marsh and you're missing out man you are i mean that is a special fucking moment it totally really agree. is i mean without I totally waxing agree. too poetic here but it's like it's dude it's something well and that's kind of one of my reasons too the why I, you know i developed this logo and, and you know plan on making a company and everything is i want to do my part in promoting hunting and promoting studying geese and and even you know, I know this might be a little unique to me and other like contest callers and people, but like a year-round effort of enjoying, you know, waterfall and the and the nature of it all, the sunrise. You know, whether it's spring, fall, winter, whatever, you just you yeah. just love it. You're obsessed with it. You, you know, are it's obsessed every with day it. and all year long. To the to that to that end, you know what I. With the, do you do spring snows much? I have a all? little bit, but I haven't. I haven't done as much as I've wanted to. One of the things I always tell people is that they have to. If you've not done it, you have to go. You have to go at least once, and it's for the same reasons. You have to see the spectacle because that spring migration is like nothing you've it's ever crazy. seen. It's like and you'll what see you way watch. more than just snows too. You know. Yeah, that's my point. It's like yeah. you are putting yourself. In a National Geographic special, when you watch those things, you know narrated narrated by the English dude, you know, and you're seeing these numbers of birds that you're just like, the reason you're watching is because you're so amazed. You can go see that. You are literally here in Minnesota. You are a five-hour drive away from seeing that, putting yourself right in the middle of it. And it's not just snows, man. It's Specs, every honkers, duck, ducks, waterfall everything. species you can think of. And their prime breeding plumage by the hundreds, by the thousands. You can't get a ticket to that show anywhere else. I mean, it's the sights and the sounds, unbelievable. man. Unbelievable. I mean, I've been in the snow goose, you know, in a, in a decoy spread, and I've had redheads land in a cornfield, in a dry fucking cornfield. Sure. A diver duck. You want to know how stupid they look walking, waddling around a, a cornfield? They're not even yards. They're five feet away from me. I'm peeking at them out my blind. And, you know, the sun's hitting them just the right angle. Like that either late or early sun is hitting those redheads. And you'd swear somebody put a fucking battery in their ass. They just light up. You're like, this is amazing. And honestly, I don't hate even – there's not even – a part of me that at that moment it's like I really wish I could shoot that. You're just you're just enjoying the show. You're like Exactly. This is incredible. You know, one thing that I do a lot in the spring and I don't know. I you know, when I think about could I be doing this or could I be snow goose hunting? I spend a lot of time in my marsh in the spring. You know, blowing my goose, you know, I just use it as an excuse to blow my goose. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I need one. Not that you need one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at least yeah. you know if I go yeah. out my marsh, I'm a little bit farther away from my neighbors that actually just moved, but um Go out there, and what's crazy is when you see the geese fight in the spring. Right? Dude, they are they are vicious. I often say they this: are lethal geese, man. Geese flock up. I mean, they're gregarious. You know, they 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 gather around each other, but they don't like each other. No, this is not an in the uneasy alliance, even in the winter. I remember. So people, you know, you you start getting into like 
technical things where you're like, you know, how far out do you space your decoys and this, that, and the other thing. And I watched. We, we went down to Northfield for a birthday party. And outside this uh, apartment complex, these condos or whatever, uh, so that river in Northfield generally doesn't freeze, so it holds geese all winter long. And they, they're they just loafing right up against, you know, out of the wind, up against the building. And they got their heads all tucked in. It was cold. It was like a 10 below day. It was just, you know, typical Minnesota brutal day, oh, yeah. winter day, right? And I was just watching them. I was studying them, you know, and I'm like, let's watch these things. And you want to know what your spacing should be on a, some sleeper shells and a loaf thing? If their neck can reach the next decoy, they're too fucking close. Too close. <laughs> because they'd all be sitting down, heads fully tucked, appearing to be sleeping, and there'd be a goose that's like wandering, walking through. I don't know why, but he's walking through. The moment it gets too close, close enough where it can get touched by the other goose, that head comes out, bang, plucks oh, a yeah. fucking feather off it, and it – Jumps aside, then the other one plucks it, and they it's start just like using their feathers. It's just ping pong yeah. in between all these birds, and you like, how did that bird even know he was there? The head was tucked under a wing. I didn't I see any eyeballs, but it's he fucking crazy. knew. Especially like two times that I've noticed that they're seriously aggressive and they just hate each other is in the springtime, obviously breeding. Yeah, stuff. they're it's looking crazy. for. I've had I've nesting seen, spots. I've seen yeah. Uh, yeah geese come and attack decoys and oh, stuff like that. They hate and then. When the food gets tough, and that's something that maybe you know people down south don't get to see as much, you know. But when you when you're a goose trying to survive in December in Minnesota, when there's limited water, there's usually probably six inches to a foot and a half of snow. Right. And you're fighting for food, and you're fighting for water. It's survival of the fittest. Yeah, like I I've been saying for years now. It's like. They flock together, but they hate each other. Oh, man. When they, the resources they're, they're, get tough. They're they, not friends. Well, they're that, highly territorial. And that's the biggest thing when, you, when you're getting big into uh, goose calling is you realize that these notes, a lot of times, what you're doing is you're showing aggression. And people call it calling, but a lot of times what you're doing is you're trying to simulate a goose staying Stay the heck out of yeah. here! Like I would, stay out of here. This would, is mine. And I would to argue a goose that's in the head, all they're like, saying. Oh, 100%. They're, they're not. They're not saying to a flock of geese, "Hey, there's food down here." Right. Exactly. They're like, "Keep moving, fuckface." Yeah. This get out of here. Mine. And when a goose hears that, they're like, "Well, there must be something there." Worth <laughs> exactly. The fight for, you know. We saw it. So those geese that we landed in the field that day with Nick, those four that came in after we were all done and we're picking up whatever, another flock comes by, right? They fly over the top, and those geese saw them. They saw them off in the distance. You saw their heads come up. They didn't make a sound until they got, like, over the field, and yep. then it was the, and they were like, uh-uh, keep flying, fuckface. It wasn't like, hey, come down here and join us. You could you could see their body posture. Heads were up, like, they're puffing their chest out. You know, it was the dude at, the dude at the gym, like, right. find your own bench, bro. I got this uh-huh. one. You know, they were flexing. They're like, they, uh, it's cool. They hate each other. <laughs> this isn't you, a friendly environment. You hear in the springtime, especially, 
but you hear some dirty, dirty goose notes. I oh, mean, you, oh man, stuff you, you hear can't, train like, notes and gray eyebrows and hissing <laughs> and everything. Eyebrows. Oh yeah, well, it, uh, that's what uh, trying to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've learned a l- <laughs> yeah. My goose calling is, you know, I've learned from. Scott oh, for sure, Trinan, dude. For sure. I, bad grammar was like Heck the first. Yeah. That's how I started. And and he uses the the gray eyebrow because it, usually it's a a big goose, a big mature you know, goose, a big yeah, mature goose that does it. And and if you hear that. It's pissed off, you know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah, so, I mean, you just hear the craziest. That's why I love springtime. I, I love being in my pond. I love calling at them. I love – I'll tell I you, for duck calling, it's a great confidence booster because you can go out there with a duck call and you throw a couple qua- hen quacks on that thing and every drake in the vicinity starts bombing you without any decoys sure. or anything because they are all horned up. They got one thing on their oh, mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. that works like that for geese, but I've oh, done it. I, I've calling, called – I've landed a Drake Mallard in front of my truck while calling from inside my truck before. And he's in the like, springtime? Yeah. He's like, I yeah. know there's – I heard her. She's around here. Sure. He's like pacing in front of my truck just looking for that bitch. And I'm like, that's crazy. How yeah. come that don't happen in October? Right. <laughs> Once you experience that too, it like for me, like I was telling you before, like, you know, I used to fish some bass tournaments and stuff, and, and that was fun, you know. But then once I got into this – goose calling stuff granted i mean my summer times are spent blowing my goose call to go to calling contests yeah 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 but like once you get the right experiences the right hunts the right you know experiencing nature hearing the right goose sounds it just kind of consumes you and you're just like obsessed with it you know what i mean so it just well i need a new hobby like a hole in the head but now that i've you know got connected with joe and nick and you and these other guys it's like god i kind of want to Kind of want to try this. I mean, it, I'm very competitive by nature. Do it, do it. But I, I am an all. I'm not a specialist. I'm an all outdoors guy. I mean, I fish, I hunt, I ice fish. Sure. I forage. I, I mean, like, I want to know everything. Even I'm going on South Carolina. I'm going saltwater fishing. Right. I'm not yeah. satisfied with just going fishing with somebody who knows what's doing. No, 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 no. I want to know why the fish are doing what they're. I want to catch them on my own. I want to learn. Sure. I want to do it. Yeah. I, I'm not like. I want to know everything. I don't want to know sure. one thing. So it's like, you know, that that um, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. That's pretty <laughs> much where I'm at. I mean, it's yeah. like I, I haven't really – I mean, there's a couple things I'm pretty good at. You know, some people some people like that, you know, but for me, like, yeah, it, it – uh, No off-season, man. I, I'm, I'm sure fucking always busy doing something. Heck, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way just with waterfall, though, like – you know, springtime, I'm out, you know, studying geese, listening to them, obviously, fall, I'm hunting. Summertime, I blow my goose call. I mean, I blow my goose call every day of the year, every day. But summertime, like, I mean, I'm listening to routines. I'm practicing my routine, you know, yeah. and then I'm running. Well, I mean, I'm doing all that stuff. You need to do that to be successful. Right. So it's all about where you, where you, where you. Yeah. So, but you were talking, you want to do a goose calling contest? Well, I mean, just, I'm just nowhere near, near good enough. I mean, not even not even remotely close. Here, I'll tell you. Well, this is what I'll tell you, though. And anybody, any contest caller will tell you the same thing, first of all. Just by getting up there shows that, well, first of all, you have the balls to do it. I mean, it's for whatever reason, Listen, it is a scary deal. I am not deal. afraid to be on a stage. But I don't give a shit. I've been on a stage most of my life. Just going up there, you're going to get probably more invites because it's like, hey, that guy has confidence in his calling. Yeah, like, Let's yeah, bring yeah. him with. But the thing is, so we, we – uh, Joe and, um, well, the Minnesota, Minnesota State, 
we had our stage rage contest out at Watson. Yeah. We have uh, the live goose, like I was explaining before. It's I had a seconds. wedding that weekend, or I totally would have Dude, you sh- yeah. Next year, you be there. Well, if people would stop getting married, it'd help. Don't even get me started on <laughs> weddings during hunting season. Trust me, dude. Listen, Ask any even, of my friends. Do not even get me started. I literally. can't even complain that much because literally my sister-in-law contacted me because it was a fall wedding, and they're like, um, which one of these dates would work better? Is this this is this is on – is there any openers on it? Because, like, I might acquiesce a middle weekend, you sure. know, don't get married on an opener of any oh, sort, man. whether it's archery, early goose, duck. Just don't. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't even get me going. I just going. I have nothing good to and say. Here's the thing. Well, if it, you want me at your wedding, don't do it. And if you're fine with me not being there, great. We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, do you, do you, do you want to have your wedding on a date that every guy that which should be a lot of them, in my opinion, if you're a guy, you should hunt. It's just a, a pussy whip filter is all it is. Right. You you schedule your wedding on duck opener. You want a bunch of crabby people there. <laughs> right? I'm sitting here at this wedding right. when I could be I'm hunting. Showing up in camo late. Right, yeah. And I have to go to this wedding. Like, you have all the months out of the year to get married. All the months. And all then you get them. married during the one of the most important times of the year. Like It's limited. It's limited, we have 60 exactly. 60 days for ducks. A little more for geese. But we have 60 days. That's it. 60 out of 360 have 105 other fucking days. Get this. To make you want to talk about limited? Choice. My cousin, actually, our second cousin, got married on the second weekend of deer season, man. That, what, I, I wouldn't go. And her, I I'm not with going. her family. I'm not going. I, I, I hunt with her family. Like, literally, yeah, she got married on the second weekend of. And she even said to me when we went Send to the wedding, she's like, she's like, hey, I know this wasn't the best timing you know no, you're you know, right like, and i'm not gonna be there so <laughs> i went you know I, oh what's the matter with you she so, wasn't so you too, deer hunt too far i deer hunt one weekend out of the year okay and we go up to Rozo, and it's it's kind of that my first hunt was a deer hunt ever because my dad he doesn't do anything i but think deer a hunt. lot of people probably start out like that yeah just because it's such a tradition well and you go out with your dad or you go out with your grandpa you know and you sit in the stand you know what i mean but yeah so i deer hunt one weekend of the year but usually it works out i get in my deer stand and then i'm like hearing specks i'm hearing snows and geese i'm like man i could be grinding them i could be hunting them so then i'm like the second weekend i'm going and i've actually historically had some pretty darn good hunts like the weekend after that is pretty torturous when you're in the deer stand and it's a migration day, and oh, you just oh, see man. them overhead, and you're like, fuck, why? I had that same thing happen with a wedding, too, speaking of that. Like, I had, we, I, I was able to hunt in the morning. It was like an October wedding or something like that, and it was going to be a migrator day, and they didn't push in the morning, and I had to leave. I was, ask any of my buddies, they know I was not <laughs> too thrilled about this. And I get to the wedding, it was an outdoor wedding in October, sit down, and they just start rolling, man. Like, they're walking down and just migrator flock after migrator flock. And I'm just like, fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where you pointed out. You're like, you see this, fuckers? You see what's going on right here? That's how much I love you. Don't fucking forget it. <laughs> right? But you know what? If that's what they want to do, you know, they get married. But <sighs> God. weddings are important, too. But Are uh, they? Are they, though? <laughs> are they? The but to us hunters... Like, the divorce rate's like 51% now. It's like more. To us hunters, or people that have 
hunters in their family. Just do us a favor. September through December. I'll even throw fishers in there. Same thing. Off limits. If you think it's a good idea to plan a wedding on the Minnesota fishing opener, you're an asshole. What are you thinking? Like you're, you're not looking you're, like you are a selfish prick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why would you do that? I just don't get it. So it's the same thing for hunting. Just don't. Just don't. I mean, if it's an in-between day, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write off openers. Right. Those are openers. sacred. Right. I'm not. I'm not. Com- if you choose that if weekend, it's gotta I'm be not, the fall colors. At I least I am not you know, coming right. to your wedding. Sure. But if you have to have a fall wedding, as long as it's not on an opener. I'll yeah, probably openers. show up. Openers are I'll bad, show dude. up, depending on what time you plan it for, at least to the reception. Now, my sisters, so yes, I have some. two younger sisters, they're like, I'm going to have a fall wedding. You're a- and they just, I think they just say that just to get under my get skin. Get under your skin, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they know, Which I, I mean, appreciate. they live with me, you know, like <laughs> I talk about it all the time. But like, I'm going to have a fall wedding. I'm like, well, I'm going to hunt that morning. I'm like, so pictures have got to be like, Half an hour before the wedding starts because right. I'm going to be, you know, yeah, out doing what men should me, do. If you want right? me to show up, or just hunters in general. There's tons of women that hunt. It, Heck I mean, yeah. I, I, like, doesn't have to be a man or woman thing. No, it's, it's no not like, at all. If you're a hunter, you got shit to do, bro. <laughs> like, I'm... I mean, you know, I mean, doesn't like a nice like summer wedding sound good or like well, a they are hot. spring wedding? They can be hot, yeah. Or And then you got springtime. The, win- the winter's cold. Spring's rainy. You know what? Just don't get married. <laughs> yeah, I don't how think the winner is how, big how, of a fan of that idea. Can we just be done with getting married? <laughs> can we just be done with all that nonsense? For one, it's just stupid. I mean, all the money you spend on a wedding. Yeah. It's just for one day. For right. other people. I don't know. Weddings you know are pretty darn fun, is? though. You know, weddings are pretty <laughs> fun, though. I they, mean, they can be fun. You get an open bar and you get the whole crew okay, there together. Skip. I've been to some pretty fun Skip weddings the last the couple ceremony. years. Get a justice of the peace, whatever. Get a guy's like, do you? Yep. Do you? Yep. Great. Let's <laughs> Go party. To the <laughs> now let's do now the, the receptions. I'm in because those don't start at ten o'clock. Right. In the morning, right? Those five, six, seven o'clock, whatever. Great. Perfect. Awesome. I can do that. Sure. I can do that and check out early. I can hunt that morning. I can check out early that night, and I can still hunt the following morning. You are not fucking my. You're not fucking my plans up at all. Right. But if your ceremony is at fucking eleven o'clock, and if you're really an asshole, you invite me to be in the wedding. Now I gotta be there early for <laughs> pictures. Right. Now you're crossing some lines. Here's a real good idea. If you have to say, heaven forbid, you have to have a fall wedding, hunting season wedding, do it on a Sunday. Have the wedding on a Sunday, and then have the bachelor party or and the bachelor party if they want a guided hunt somewhere. Oh, that's see that there, would be a pretty darn good idea. Right you know the other here. This isn't hunting related actually, but one of the biggest asshole moves that people get married do is they'll do it on a holiday weekend, like Memorial oh, yeah. or Labor Day yeah. weekend. So then you and really they're like, gotta, oh well, this way you don't have to worry about traveling or like or vacation days you or something. Just killed my three-day weekend. Well, it's kind of like... You what picked do you, one day out of right. a three-day weekend, it kills my It's kind of like, what do you want weekend? me to have to make a decision between my grandma who yeah. wants me at her house for Christmas or your wedding? Going to the cabin. It's almost like they want to see like, like, finally got like, who actually cares about them. Like, 
you passed you, you passed your right. grandma up yeah. to go to yeah. her house and and have yeah. supper and get Christmas presents, but no, you're at my you wedding me, right now. You want to give? You want me to give up one of the few three day weekends I get a year for your one freaking day? <laughs> God, that sucks. Don't do that. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting married, not on a three day weekend, not on any kind of outdoor opener. There's a shit ton of other days. Choose those. We just gotta. We just yeah. We just gotta like make a big list of them so everybody knows. Like Minnesota fishing openers. Say, well, most states don't even have fishing openers. Just but, go on. Like, yeah, right. I mean, it's only really the Upper Midwest that does it. But like, okay, deer openers this day. Was, usually, actually, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, like the only state. Right. I know. Isn't it. that crazy? Or you look at like the the regulations. Right. Minnesota is crazy with regulation. I remember talking to oh, some yeah. of my buddies from other states. They're like, "Oh, we can do this here." I'm like. We can't do that in Minnesota. Like they just—I yeah. mean, we have a lot, lot more. Yeah, we have a lot of regs. We but, have way more outdoors. But to be but, honest, you know, I, I'm not going to shit on the fact that we have a lot of regs because they're trying to protect. Oh yeah, the resource, right? You know, exactly. They, you know, and there's a lot so of habitat much and shade. If I can throw out a young young person term, yeah, they throw a lot of shade towards DNR. Right, like the DNR do nothing right. You know, all these other acronyms or whatever. It's no, like, I, man, yeah, they're they're not against you. Been checked twice this year already. I haven't been checked yet this year. I get checked a lot. Um, I get checked a lot. It's just where I live. They're protecting the resource, right? The resource that you are actively out pursuing, and then you actively out lump. They're on your side, one hundred percent. Like they're not the enemy. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right. You're fine. It's not hard to follow the rules. And it is really it sometimes is an inconvenience? Yeah. But if that inconvenience right. means you have a, a better outdoor experience in the long run, isn't that worth it? Well, what was it in like the 1800s um, when everybody was over here before the days of refrigeration? They they killed off all the deer. Oh, with the market hunting? They killed market everything. Hunting. Yep. They killed off everything. All ducks. And so they had to rebuild it up, and there's yeah, there's no way you could have done that without people well, enforcing there's it. A reason, wait, there's a reason why it's illegal to sell wild game. Right, exactly. Because greedy corporations, mm-hmm. money, they would just they would rape the resource again. I, I was mean, actually they would just do it. It's it's right. It's a, it's a unfortunate part of the of the human nature, but they just would. Somebody would. Somebody would say, "I don't give a shit if I kill the very last." Pintail ever, as long as I make a hundred bucks on it. Right, money, money would motivate people to. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's stuff. great. It's great that you can't legally sell any part right. of of a native wild animal in this country. It's good. I, I'm, it's very good. It's why we have such a bountiful supply of them now. Right. I mean, look at the cranes. I mean, the cranes are coming back exactly like crazy. And not, not I don't know that they were. I don't think that they were a victim of the market hunting. I think they're more a victim of like um, pesticides and herbicides, the DDT. Okay. Um, but they're coming back like crazy, and it's only a matter of time before we have a statewide crane season. I know. I dude. mean, they they seem to be everywhere. That'll be crazy, I dude. Can't you go up north, wait. and obviously up by where they hunt them and stuff. Like you go up north, and they're everywhere, dude. I can't wait. It's crazy, man. The first weekend of the statewide crane season, we're gonna smash. And then That's on my bucket list, man. And then it's going to be a struggle bus the rest of the time because from what I understand of crane hunting, where they are hunted, it's tough. 
they're smart birds. Have you seen crane wreckers and stuff? You've seen that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, in high school, man, we <laughs> in uh, science class, me and a buddy, we had to like take a YouTube video and like some give some kind of science explanation of it. And there's a uh, part in crane wreckers when there's a crane still standing up, it was on the ground, it couldn't fly. The guy runs up to it with his shotgun, holds his shotgun oh by the stock, and decapitates it with its barrel. Just like just swings it like a bat. Yeah, so Jesus. We, we use that. That's for our crazy. High, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we didn't think anything of it. You yeah, know, and gave some long explanation of it, but yeah, I mean, just thinking it, they're, they're they're like pterodactyls. Do they know? have a sword attached to their face? It's crazy. You see, have you seen the videos of the guy? He has a dog. He's got a retriever, but the dog wears like snowmobile goggles to go pick him up. To go pick him up, yeah, oh, because okay. their feet are long and lanky, sure, and their beaks are. It's like otherwise they poke their fucking eyes out. This it's hilarious watching this dog run out there. He's got these fucking goggles on. You know how labs are. They just like they got that smile on their face when they're hunting. You know, Although they taste really good too. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They're supposed to be really good. I mean, ribeye of the sky is the adage, and I think right. I just talked about this with the guy on um, my um, previous episode, but I've had it. Have you? It is good. Is it's, it? Yeah, it's really good. It's better than Canada Goose for sure. Does it taste like waterfall, or does it taste Yeah, no, different? it still has a wild game. Does it? It's got that wild game taste to it, and I mean that in the best way possible. I, mean, I love wild game. I don't – I don't. beef is boring to me. Right, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll choose wild game over domestic any time. Um Except for ducks. I mean, domestic ducks. Oh, man, do they taste good. But oh, yeah. Well, you got enough. I know. I got a, I got three ducks out and uh, two geese uh-huh. out in the yard that they will be consumed. They are not pets. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. The um, crane meat. It is really good. So rib by the sky, that's a stretch. Yeah. It's, okay. It's not rib by Yeah, when I first heard but that, I was like, really? I would like, give it a sirloin. Okay. I mean, it, it's sure. it, it is definitely it's it's better than Canada goose, but I would put it right in line with snow geese. Okay. I I don't know if how, if you've ate much snow geese, but I snow geese get such a bad rap. But it's you know I've heard the term they say um, commonality. Oh, what's the term? Commonality breeds uh, resentment or contentment. Yep. So it's. There's so many of them, you start viewing them as a pest. You know, okay. you hear them, like, you hear people refer to snow geese as, you oh, know, yeah. flying carp. You see signs, the farmers are like, come kill my geese. Yeah, flying carp. Gone. Yeah. Well, they, I think they taste better than Canada geese. Really? Huh. They're great. I love them. And I love, and I love Canada geese, that. too, though. Yeah. I right. mean, it's not that, I, and, and that's not a dig on Canada's, but Canada's is, is more... It's darker red. It's more beefy, whereas like a um, a snow goose is a little lighter colored. Um, so sure. that that wild game in air quotes that can throw some people off. It's not as it's not as pronounced in snow geese. You want to know what I? Whenever people so when you ask landowners, you know, um, you know, do you want me to gift you some meat if I hunt out here? Blah blah blah. I a lot of times you get. No, I don't eat those sky carp. Those I don't eat those things. ugly bastards. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why don't why don't I shoot some geese out here? I'll go home and I'll make some goose jerky and I'll bring that back to you. And I just want to see what you think about it. <clears throat> I watch a landowner eat the whole bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time, dude. No, I um that that rumor that that knowledge has gotten around. 
Goose jerky is phenomenal. It's great. It's 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 uh you get that it's game prime taste. for making yeah. jerky. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's a prime cut for that. And the word's out. I mean, we've been out, you know, in the spring for snow geese, you know, scouting around and we go and ask and all, you know, you trying to find landlords a lot of times it's hard, but you see a guy farming and you stop a guy. And I've had we just talked to one of the hired hands. He's like, oh, that, I can't give you permission for that, but, you know, so-and-so's over there. I don't know when he's going to be back, but you can stop in, blah, 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 blah. And I've had a couple times where they've go, they'll go, hey, you got any goose jerky? Because they know really? that hunters will offer that, yep. you know. And I'm like, actually, I do. Because generally, I'll bring some with because sometimes that can help you. I mean, it's sure, a good oh, yeah. tool to keep in the you old know, bag there. I mean – if I had to eat goose jerky or eat beef jerky, man, oh, I would gobble up that goose 100%. jerky. I don't even like beef jerky if, if it's compared to goose jerky. Because it's bland. It has no flavor. I like that gamey taste that's in it's that goose the jerky, same, man. I, it's oh. the same thing if I'm going to make a steak. You want to give me a beef steak or a goose breast, I'm going to pick the goose breast every time. Right. I'm going to oh, pick yeah. the venison every time. With beef, you have to impart flavor to it. Uh-huh. Wild game ha- comes Has prepackaged flavor. with flavor, right. and now, if you're really a good hunter, have... you you can tell exactly yeah. you know what it is by eating it. And you it know doesn't I mean? have the fat, so you right. have to know what you're doing, or you're going to screw it up. I mean, that's the thing with beef; it's like it's so fatty that like you can hardly. Well, you can cook it well done, and it's still almost palatable. I mean, right. I hate well done beef, but I mean you can if you have to. But last night, shit, I I ground up my geese i shot this year i mixed i cut it a little bit with beef just to add some fat in there i i grilled a couple burgers last night they were phenomenal heck yeah they were so good heck yeah melt some cheese on there god it was so good and you can swap it out i mean grinding it's it's awesome because any kind of hot dish or casserole chili anything like that it's a great substitute just throw that in there instead of beef and for yeah, those we do that, that are, with our venison. Yeah, and yeah. for those that are leery of the wild game flavor, you can't pick it out. There's, right. there's oh, no, yeah. They, once that shit goes into a chili. Dude, man, any kind of casserole. You put gone. the right stuff in it. We make this goose casserole. It's got wild rice, mushrooms, celery, and just little chunks of goose breast in it. If I had to have one last meal, man. <laughs> that's it. I would eat a they pot want, of that. So, that is so so good. Uh, you want to win a landowner? Yeah. Over, bring some of that stuff over. So the episode that's getting released this week is the one before this one. Is with Jamie Carlson, and he's a, like a wild game chef. He has a blog, and okay, probably my favorite episode I've I've recorded yet. Because I thought I knew how to cook until I met this cat, and then started looking Bro, at his huh? Instagram, and I'm like. Oh shit! <laughs> like, I need to up my game. <laughs> so what? Do you, what did you say he was a professional? Well, he he just wild, he's uh, it's it's wild more. Game chef he's not what? really professional. He just like it's like this is his passion. He has okay. a blog, sure. And so he's just always been, you know, he started the blog to kind of keep track of recipes, and okay. then it just got traction. He's been oh, doing yeah. it for years and years and years and years. Um, but he gave me uh a jar of this chutney, which chutney, I didn't even know what it was until I met him, but chutney is like a, it's like a jam, but it's like a spicy jam. It's not sweet. Okay. There's a little bit of sweet aspect. So he gave me a, a wild plum chutney. 
Swan, I grilled these goose burgers last night. I melted some cheese on them, and I brought them in, and I let it rest a little bit. You always got to let it rest. That's like the yep. one, like one of the tips I can give anybody out there that that's that's cooking any kind of meat, whether it's beef or wild game or whatever. Don't eat it right away. Let that thing rest for five minutes, because it it sucks all that moisture back in, back into it as it cools. Um, so I let it rest a little bit, and then I took some of that chutney and I just smeared it all on it, a little bit of sauce on it. Oh man! And that like the tanginess and yep. the sweetness of the plums. <sighs> It just pairs so good with that goose, that wild, that wild game taste. It was amazing. I made, I made like a half pound burger for myself, and then one for my my son, and he was he just destroyed it. Heck yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so good. And there was just on like Minnesota waterfallers today on the Facebook page. There was just a big thing. What's your favorite recipe for geese? And 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 to the credit, a lot of people had good ones. Yep. You know. But there's always a handful of those guys. <laughs> Minnesota waterfowl. Throw it in a pot <laughs> with a with a belt. Put your favorite seasonings in there. Throw the meat away. Dump the water out. Eat the belt, dude. Learn how to cook. If that's <laughs> honestly what you think, learn how to cook because it's it's good. I mean, okay. Granted. I don't like green peppers. Some people love them. So it can be a flavor thing. It is it is possible that somebody just genuinely doesn't like the flavor of wild game. But with that said, most people are killing it. Oh, yeah. They're overcooking it. They're not taking any care of it once they kill it. Right. Piling it up. They're throwing it around. They're not, you know. And in my opinion, once you kill something, at that point, it, it – it becomes food and right. you need to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't take a a deer and let it sit in the back of your truck for three fucking days and then finally get around to Oh yeah. Cleaning I, yeah. it. I mean, how many guys do you know that do shit like that? And oh, then, then yeah. they bitch all these things taste like shit. Well, fuck. Of course they do. You've done nothing. Right. To help your situation. And especially all. with like a goose. It's not like you're going to gut a goose. Right. I mean that's I've thought about it. All that, I, yeah. Especially I mean, early if you're gonna have to let them sit, yeah. You, you know? let them sit all day, but yeah. Ugh. I haven't done it, but I've thought of it. You just try to clean them right away. You get home and you just clean them things right away. You can't just let them sit there. Right. I mean, if it's cold, you know, late in the season, you late can get season, away with yeah. it. But even then, you're better off just taking care of it as soon as you can. Now, now, do you spend a lot of time on that uh, Minnesota waterfowlers page? No, no, no. It just comes across my feed. You see it all in that. Page. Oh yeah, dude, oh. It's, it's just crazy. It, it's just yeah, it comes across my feed, and I generally just ignore it until there's something I just can't ignore, and then I gotta throw a comment in there. But I try, I try not to because you're just it's like beating your head against the wall. Well, you know. It's just a combination of, you know, people. You know what? I, what I don't like to see is I don't like to see when people make like snarky comments on people for just hunting. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, you only have, you only have uh, twenty five geese. Well, I have twenty seven. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that type of stuff. Or like you don't have any sitcom, or you don't <laughs> yeah. have any like that. The oldest nice real tree, bro. Oh man, yeah. My my buddy did actually. Uh, kind of a troll post and <laughs> he was like he made this long post like i don't know if you saw any of this but he's like probably um, did i've i've been told or what was it no he was like acting like um he was looking for a new hunting crew that went 
that all of them wore Sitka because he was sick of not limiting out with his <laughs> hunting crew that didn't wear Sitka. And, like, he went on, and, 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 and he's uh, like, and then I'm going to take out another credit card and get a uh, Sitka Super Black Eagle, you know, just to figure it all out. And then he, most people were like, okay, you're trolling, dude. And then other so, people were, so like, they bite into it and, like, started yelling. I'm like, you need to move out of your parents' house, and you need to get a job <laughs> and all this stuff. And it was just a mess. Like, I saw the <laughs> notification that he posted. I'm like, here we well, go. I called him up, and he's like, oh, my God, I hope today's society, <laughs> people are just, they're, like, they just got two in the they got two in the barrel just they like wake up in the day waiting to be offended so those ones are just they they don't have it in them even with probably every bell is going off telling them that this is a troll post they can't not react to it (laughs) right they they literally they can't not it's like clickbait it's like it is clickbait that's what that's what he did he's like i'm gonna throw it out there and i'm gonna hit every little button to just make people bro your sitka's garbage that's basically walmart I mean, you got Kuyu is the way to go. It's warm. It's warm. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, no. Here's the thing with Sitka, though, and I don't own any. I don't either. But I'll probably get some eventually. Right. F- for no other reason than that Optifade camel pattern. And I've said this before on the podcast before. My buddy Joel has has some Sitka in that Optifade, and he took his jacket off or his vest or whatever the fuck it was, and he it got hot. We were hunting like a you know combine cornfield. Yep. He threw that fucking vest on the ground. You could hardly see it. I was like, you better fucking remember where you put that fucker. I mean, yeah. it blended in. Well, that's what they claim, you know. Fucking perfectly. I, I got a bunch of buddies that are on the train, and I remember talking to Joe a couple of years ago. You know, when I first started contest calling and stuff, and he was he's like, I don't know if I want to get into it. Blah blah blah. But. A lot of guys that I know like it strictly for the warmth of it, you know. Yeah, and I, like I am like not. I have never been a brand guy. Yeah, for for anything, mm-hmm. fishing equipment, hunting apparel, uh, guns, bows. What I, I'm not, I don't care. As long as it works for me, right? As long as I like how it works, I like if it's durable. Is the customer service great? If something does go wrong, how is the customer service? That's the shit that matters to me. Right. So I don't give a shit that Sitka is like this brand that, you know, people want to have to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. Uh I'll tell you what. I like that Optifade pattern, and the people that I know that have it actually swear by by it. 100%. The the quality of it. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Yes, it's expensive. But. If it's as good as they say, it's probably worth it. Wait for that shit to go on sale. You know, right. save a couple bucks. Um, but with that said, it's not the end all. You know, if you what if I will say about it, don't like, make it a barrier. Right. Like if you can't get Sitka, it, it isn't something to be ashamed of. Let somebody, oh, the nice real. Yeah, man, if all you can afford is fucking what they sell at Walmart, get what they sell at fucking all, Walmart. I will say this. I will say this. I know people. That are head to toe in Sitka, right? Head to toe. That don't own a single decoy. <laughs> you know, you know the type of people right. I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well, it's like any. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You could like from like for me, it's always been like I'm gonna spend my money on more decoys, more of yeah, this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's one of the reasons. Can't but ever like, have too many. I mean, decoys. there there is that person out there. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. um, as long as you are hunting and you have your own stuff, 
dude, buy all the Sitka you want. Yeah, you know what I mean? shit. But heck dude, yeah. it's there's always going to be the keeping up with the Joneses, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just always... Dude, there's people that buy unreported bands off of eBay. Oh, man. I, did you remember that? That's a thing. That guy that, the guy that posted the... He killed three geese, and he bought three neck collars, and he, like, took a picture of him buy it and he's like i'm still in shock period and then like the first comment was like a guy typed in uh goose neck collars and like the first thing was those three bands have you seen that uh-uh. the post oh it's hilarious but yeah the guy bought three neck collars it was the first one that popped up on ebay dude, for neck dude, collars if, if, and then he posted them in a row in the you same by order chance, that, <laughs> that guy is listening to this podcast you're a douche <laughs> you need to you need some therapy you need to not worry about what other people fucking think of you, and nobody is fucking impressed. Or if you're going to go that route, at least scroll down like yeah. to number yeah. 15 instead yeah. of number one. Jesus Three Christ. neck collars for sale. No, First one that pops up on eBay. Like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, it's just like I, I, often, I wonder. Like I literally wonder what goes on in their head where they're like, because you know, when you're buying unreported bands off of eBay and you're putting them on your lanyard to show them off to your buddies, like when you look at yourself in the mirror, you you know you're full of shit. Oh, yeah. The, you'd have to. I mean, I. But it, and the, for what? But, but you know what? Then it just goes back to, like you said, keeping up with the Joneses. Gosh, it's just crazy to me. Like, it's I want to brag about having, you know what I mean? I guess yeah. it's off brand coach purses. It's. It's. Not the fake Oakleys. Fake Oakleys. Coming from China. Knockoff yeah, Nikes, deal. you know, whatever they are. I mean, it's just. Or what, the, the Yeezys? Have you heard of like <sighs> yeah, the, the Yeezys. Fake Yeezys. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, the whole thing is just odd to me. Because I just, I've just, that's just never been my scene. So I just, I don't, I have a hard time trying to understand it. Right. You know, because I'm like, I just don't get it. Does it work for you? Then get it. <laughs> I mean, to, to not completely change subjects, but when I went to get a decent bowl, like I was rocking a fucking 1980 who God knows what piece of shit bowl for a long ass time. It was heavy, it was loud, it was slow. I killed deer with it, so it's right. really hard for me to you know, justify spending a shit ton of money on a new bowl. But the problem was I hated it. So when it come time to like practice, I'd see it sitting in the corner and be like, I should probably practice. Ugh, fuck that thing. You know, yeah. like I just – so sure. it kept me from being – more proficient with it okay but i made up my mind that i'm not gonna buy a new bow until i can afford to get the bow i really want regardless of what it costs and when i went into the archery shops i pulled everything back went to multiple shops pulled every make model brand they had i told like don't tell me the price i don't even want to know the brand name just hand me a bow and i'm gonna pull it back and see which one fits me. See which one I like the best. Of course, I pick one of like the most expensive of <laughs> motherfuckers out yeah. there. I mean, goes without saying. Like if you right. went test drove yeah. stuff blindfolded, yeah, you're probably gonna walk out of there with like a fucking Porsche or a Lamborghini or something because right. it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. But, um, and then I didn't buy anything for a couple of years. And then when I finally had the money, it was like, I'm buying one this year. And I I went back. I pulled them all again. Cause shit changes. I change. Bowl models change, yep. you know, might not be the same thing. And I ended up going with the Matthews. And honestly, I got a bunch of buddies that shoot Hoyt, and I thought I would shoot a Hoyt because they say nothing but good things about it. Sure. And it came down to a Hoyt 
came down to a Hoyt and a Matthews are the last two, and it's like I just like the Matthews better. And I'm not saying that to pump out Matthews. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but it, whether it goes for Sitka or right. Scentlock or banded gear, whatever it is, whatever right. it is you like to do, whatever the equipment is, whether it's a weapon, clothing, decoys, whatever. Get what you want. What works for you, what you have confidence in, brand name be damned, use that. And right. fuck what everybody else says. Well, and I will say, you know, being a goose caller, I will say, I will say this though, like, as far if you want to learn how to blow a goose call, don't go, do not go to Fleet Farm and spend twenty dollars on a goose call. Dude, there's no reason anymore. No, I kind of did. I mean, I went with like a well, buck. I did too. Like I did too. Hammer. I got a buck car. Uh, Canada hammer. Canada hammer is what I started hammer. off on. I had one of those. Um, go the your best option for learning on a goose call. If you don't want to buy an acrylic, because an acrylic call is going to run you anywhere from 100 to 160 bucks, 180 bucks, depending on what you get. But um, they're making Delrin calls now. Like I sell a bunch of the Delrin calls, the Delrin Mulkiers, the Delrin EX3, the EX Reflex, Rush, whatever. Um, get to go they to. They flat out shred. Go to, yeah. To, to go um, to. I mean, I, I mean, I picked one up, you know, from Joe, and 60 bucks. Right? 60 bucks. They shred, dude. It's a great call. I'm always tuning my buddies' Delrins, and I get them. I'm like, I could blow a contest routine on this, and it's 50 bucks, and it's way more durable than an acrylic. Right. Don't do it, but you could chuck Don't the thing do across it. the room. Yeah. <laughs> you could chuck it across the room and probably be fine. You know what yeah. I mean? So I would say instead of, you know, save up an extra 20 bucks and get a Delrin goose call because if you're trying to learn how – to blow a goose call, having just that little bit nicer call is going to make a huge difference. Uh, it's gonna, but that being said, yeah. I totally agree with what you were saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get but but you, again, it's going to it's you're probably going to fall into that mid range, you know, right, Delrin, because you know you get that cannon hammer, and you might get frustrated with it. Right. You know, you're trying to make these calls that it honestly isn't capable of making. Or like you said with your bow, you know, if you have a nice nicer goose call that has a little more capability you're going to be more likely to practice and it's going to make you yeah dude practicing is everything but it shouldn't be a barrier for you to get into it right if you're put out like oh i just can't afford a 150 dollar call or otherwise i would get into it get a cheaper one even if you actually have to get a 20 dollar one if that gets better than that gets your foot in the door yeah and gets you excited about it then do that but with that said i mean shit 50 60 bucks for Oh yeah, Delrin for (laughs) it's a good call. The low end, good dude. The low end is really good on those things too. You know, I I, dude, I I run my call a lot. I practice a lot. Like when I first started, when I first started getting into goose calling contests and stuff, I would blow my goose call for four hours a day. I you know I was working in Saint Cloud at the time, and I would blow my goose call. All the way there. Yeah, I practiced. I almost always practiced. In fact, on my way down here, yeah, I was blowing my goose call. (laughs) You do get some weird looks at stoplights, that's for sure. Yeah, you should get a convertible. Convertible, yeah, (laughs) just let her rip. You know what? I actually have a really funny story, get this, about blowing my goose call in my car. So we're out to eat with some of my friends um, at a restaurant, and I really wanted a California burger, right? And like an idiot, I just said I want a California burger. And the only California burger they had there was a California vegan oh, burger. Oh, God. 
And I was like, I got it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, I'm with people that I hum- – I took a bite of it, and I'm like, nope. I know. Uh, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yep, no, nope. I was looking around for somebody with skinny jeans and fake glasses on to give this thing to, you know, find some hipped out hippie, you know what I mean? Here, you can have it. Like, there's a bite missing. But anyways – my buddies were like, I'm, we're going to take advantage of this. You know what I mean? So I go to the bathroom or something, you know. And uh, right there, and then they went on Amazon. They ordered a sticker that says, um, go vegan and nobody gets hurt. That's outstanding. A bumper sticker. I love your friends. And so uh, flashback like a week from then, right? And they knew I, you know, mm-hmm. blew my goose call in my car. They slapped that sucker on the back of my car. Oh, my God. And I'm driving up to work, and I was just shredding. You know, I'm at a stop, like, just, you know what I mean? And then I look to the next, you know, and I get weird looks at stoplights when I'm doing that. I do. But there was a guy in a camo sweatshirt sitting next to me, and he's, like, looking at me, like, weird. And then he's, like, then he flips me the bird. He flips me off. Yeah. He flips me off. And I'm, like the hell is your problem you know what i mean since when are guys in camo sweatshirts flipping me off for blowing a goose call in my car you know what i mean so then i get to work i didn't notice that the sticker was on my car yet so i'm sitting in a stoplight blowing a goose call with a vegan sticker in the back of my car i get to work and i'm like that was weird like what am i doing wrong so i get in the back and sure enough i see the sign and i'm like that's outstanding you sneaky bastards i love it Oh, you got man. good friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I mean, just yeah. Don't get vegan burgers and practice your goose yeah, call. Yeah, in a lot general, vegan, you can fuck right off. Oh, don't even get me going on that either. Oh, it's just so stupid. It's like, not you, natural. You, it's not natural. Hey, it's not natural. Here's the thing: we wouldn't be alive right now it's, if people, if our ancestors were vegans. Let's just not, put it that way. It's not even that. It's you. Not. You can't actually be vegan. It's impossible. I believe it because. If you're eating nothing but vegetable matter, where's your vegetable matter coming from? Are you you better be growing that shit in your backyard? Because you buy any of that from that fucking store, you killed all sorts of fucking animals. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You think that combine goes rolling through that soybean field to make your tofu? <laughs> you know how much shit's getting killed and that thing's going through. Oh yeah. Not to, I mean bugs. I mean not with I mean, goes without saying how many grasshoppers, spiders. And everything else, it's life that's in there. Right. But I mean, a lot of times vegans conveniently be like, "Well, that doesn't really count." They, or, like, no, you have you have uh, vegan hair products. Yeah. Okay. So how about furry shit. things? You want to go with furry things? You know how many fucking mice get chewed up by that combine? Oh and yeah. Run over. There's a reason hawks and vultures follow those combines around. Right. Like they're <laughs> chopping up everything. Everything they're chopping up. Oh, Not vegans. to mention just the habitat loss. Right. That happens when you have a monocrop like corn or soybeans or whatever the fuck it is. So don't come talking to me on your high horse. It's almost like an identity crisis. Like, I'm not a high. I like, I'm going to be a vegan. It's virtue signaling. Vegan. It's a virtue signal. That's all it is. And I'm just like, dude, if our ancestors were vegan, we would be dead right now. If there's a vegan. There's no such thing as a secret vegan. Like if, right. if they're a vegan, <laughs> they're 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 loud you, and proud. They're about telling it. you they're a vegan. They like, can't I'm wait vegan. to tell you that they're a vegan. Or, it's or like, like cross, you know what? It's, it's like almost like they want you to get offended. Like like you you know they go to like their you know co- uh, family dinner and like you know what? I'm sorry, but oh, I'm Jesus. vegan. 
I'm do you a have vegan. any gluten free? Do you have any? Yeah, I'm. I'm a vegan. Like, I'm sorry, I don't judge you guys. <laughs> what are they all talking? It's so like open, but <laughs> they do though. They I'm sound a like vegan. that. That was a soft. Everything isn't a question. I don't judge oh, you. Oh God! But yes, you do. Yes, don't you lie do. To me. Yes, you it's do. It's virtue signaling at its worst. It's just that's all it is. That's all it is. And, and honestly, because I'm, I, I, I'm like an extreme libertarian like whatever floats your boat if that's what you if that's important to you then by all means do it i don't care just don't try to alter my lifestyle that's when i have a problem sure i don't care if you want to be a furry vegan transgender transracial alien half-breed foxkin that's what's that's what you're into if that makes you happy, I am on your side. Then go do that. Right. Don't come at me for how I live then. Well, see, and the, the funny thing about it is, is like, did you see that video of when all those vegans showed up to like a slaughter shop and tied themselves to the slaughter machine? I don't know a whole lot about it, but did you see that? And then like they turned it on. And then they started screaming, like, shut it off. They're going to kill him. And they're, like, screaming and stuff. And I'm just thinking, I literally commented this. I'm like, <laughs> welcome crazy. to the real world. Yeah. You do dumb shit, <laughs> bad shit is going to happen. Yeah. Stupid games win stupid prizes. Yeah. Uh, you tie uh, yourself to a machine that's designed to kill people, probably not the best idea. Yeah, and then good. they turn it on. Yeah. And then you start screaming like, like the guys, how dare the you tree huggers that chain themselves to a tree when the logging equipment comes in. It's yeah. like, <laughs> might not end up very good for you. Uh, it's so just that's not a good life choice, bro. I just And we yeah. have trees. There's the trees are fucking everywhere. Dude, there's enough of them down here. I was if driving you, down here. I think I we like, have a shortage of trees. Smokes. Just take a quick trip into Canada. Oh, yeah. Good God. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's an entire continent covered in trees. Right. And they grow back. It's not, it's not like <laughs> it's not a renewable resource. So, right. So, I mean, I get, I get like on the West Coast, you know, you get like those redwoods that are literally, some of them are honestly thousands of years old. Yep. That's kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, like it's one thing you have a fast growing popple, you know, mm-hmm. in five years it reaches mature, maturity where you can cut it down. That's, you know, but when a certain type of tree takes a thousand years to get that big, you might want to protect those a little right. bit, you know, but that's, you know, I, I get it. I get it. But have you ever had a, have you ever had an animal rights activist come out in the field when you're hunting? No. Have you have had that? that? Yep. Well, that's yeah. why, that's why we have phones now. She had the audacity. Okay. Oh, you know what? Actually, she didn't come out to the field. We were, we had... Uh, just finished up hunting. We had the trailer in the field approach. We, we had to walk everything out. She had the audacity to drive by once, slow down, yell at us, go up the road, turn around, drive back again, like flip us off. <laughs> like, aren't you guys having fun killing all those innocent animals? How, how do you know they're innocent? Look at that one over there. It's shifty as fuck. You don't know what that guy. If you watch geese, why don't you innocent? study what concert? Where do you think I buy a, a duck stamp? I buy my license. Where do you think that money goes? 
Where where's yeah, your yeah, money going? That, that's they don't they don't understand. They just do not understand. You look at Africa. Africa is a perfect Africa example of fucked. that. Africa hunting keeps the African animal as population alive. As much as alive. as much as in North America we hate the term like can hunt or high fence uh, hunting. Yep. If it wasn't for high fence hunting in Africa, their animals you would wouldn't be have fucking lions. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't have, have anything. The yeah, poachers would get them. It's literally the only thing. The fact that they, that they have value to hunters is pretty much the only thing that's saving those animals. Right. Well, it's and, such, you, and it's a hard pill for people to swallow. I right. get it. It seems counterintuitive to kill something to save it. I, I get it. I mean, I honestly, I do. Right. I get it. And but that's the brutal reality of it. If well, you and it's just these people things, in America just can't understand that the fact that well, first of all, in Africa, there's people that poach. Because they're starving. Yeah. Well, and that's they're the hungry. thing, too. It's, it's you know easy. I mean? Yeah, and I try to bring that up, too, because a lot of people say, you know, it's really easy to demonize poaching. Yep. And poaching in this country is different than the poaching, poaching over in there. Africa. Yep. Generally, poachers over here, they're just filled with bloodlust. They're people that probably break every rule anyways. Like, they're just they're anti-authoritarian. They're doing mm-hmm. it just I don't know why that's what they get off doing. Right. They they think they're above the law, whatever. They're assholes. In Africa, there's a couple different kinds of poachers. Yeah. There's poachers that, you know, the black market poachers. Yeah. You know, that's different. But the uh, vast. And tusks and stuff like that. But the vast majority of poachers and air quotes in Africa are people that are trying to feed their family they're starving they're literally starving and they're willing to risk their life so that they can bring some meat back right to their family exactly so so you can't just a blanket statement like oh they shoot all poachers on site man that dude is just trying to survive man right so with that said with regulated hunting legal and regulated hunting based on sound wildlife management practice will bring money into an area. And you can't bring that meat home. Anywhere right. in Africa where you hunt a big game animal, it's whatever right, it's it is, back to the... that meat stays there. That meat is donated mm-hmm. to the villages. So then you don't you you remove that incentive. It's twofold. You remove that incentive for them to to poach to feed their family because you're donating that that right. meat to the village. That and and when that money goes to, you know, when when they have the fences and they let the lions out and everything, first of all, the money that they use from that goes to anti-poaching. Right, yeah. So now you're funding so you're the, saving the animal populations. Right, right, right. And it brings industry to the area. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of industry in Africa. Like, if, if you can have an industry for people coming from America or Canada or wherever to come hunt a lion. Yeah, so I, mean, well, it, I mean, we're preaching know? to the choir, but it... it it is it's important for people to understand it's like without value without a monetary value to these animals they're a detriment so if you're a farmer in africa right and these this herd of elephants comes through and wipes out your entire crop of corn right not even eating it just walking through it just plows it down you want to kill every one of those elephants because that's your livelihood. Exactly. And, and that's another you thing don't, people it's, don't it's understand. So, so yeah. you give value to these elephants. You're bringing money into that. So now they might not even plant corn in right. that field. They might keep that open so that they can 
have hunters come in. They might build a lodge. Mm-hmm. Come stay in our village and hunt these elephants and pay us to hunt these elephants. Right. Give people jobs. And you're and you you're know, not killing money. all of them. That's that's the other. It's so controlled. I mean, yeah, and that's the other thing that people don't understand. It's like we're not going to hunt them to extinction. This isn't the market hunting days. This is what we mean by regulated hunting. Exactly. Based on sound wildlife management practices, you are going to have a healthier population. One hundred percent. You're going to have a better human to animal interactions you're gonna in in areas of higher concentration you keep the animal numbers slightly lower so there's less conflict you're not ever going to eliminate it but you're going to have less of it but overall you're going to end up with more of them and i get it it is right. counterintuitive to well, kill something. Well, if you're sitting in, to yeah, save in the, in the cities, you know, eating your vegan burger with your <laughs> vegan hair products, you know, yeah. you don't understand it. No, you, you don't know? understand it. Well, you here's, don't understand it. Here's the other analogy that, that people have heard this from me before. I'll say it again. The analogy I like to give is like a sports analogy. People that claim to be animal lovers, right, because they see these these charismatic creatures on TV and yep. nature channels and this and cartoons and whatever else. They claim to be animal lovers, but they know nothing of them. They don't know what time of year they breed. Right. They, they don't, don't know how either. they breed. They don't know what they eat. They don't they don't know anything. Well here now you have hunters that if they're hunting whatever particular core they, they study it. You know everything about those geese. You study You're it. big in the goose hunting, right? You, try you know to be one everything of them. about those exactly. geese. You know when they breed. You know how they breed. You know their courtship displays. Right. You know what their shit smells like. You literally know what their shit smells like. Right. You know what they eat when they eat. You know when they're going to move. You know everything about them. Exactly. You're an animal lover. You know everything about them you don't want them to extinct you don't hate them you always want them around right i would never not want there to be geese i would cry i love that there's geese (laughs) i love that there's wolves i mean a ton of people like oh fucking wolves they kill my deer listen i love that there are wolves on the landscape i think they're badass animals do i think they should be hunted absolutely absolutely 100 but i like that there is wolves out there i don't want to hunt them to extinction I like wolves. Wolves are fucking badass creatures. Right. That doesn't that doesn't exclude them from management practice. Well, and that's when I th- when people bring up that thing, they think that like we're gonna open wolf hunting. That means we're gonna clear them out. No. 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 Not They're at gonna all. be regulated like every other you, game. It animal. almost should be celebrated because if an animal species gets to the point where their population is healthy enough that it can it's sustain, a problem. not even a problem, that it can sustain. Some harvest, yeah. However limited, maybe it's only five tags. Yep. But the fact that the population is enough for there to be any hunting means the population is doing, good. doing good. You should be celebrating that, right? Th- that's a good thing. So going back to the analogy, I use the sports analogy. So someone saying that they love animals but they know nothing about them is like me saying I am the the biggest football fan in the world because I think Aaron Rodgers is cute, right? I don't know what position he plays. Yeah, I don't know what team he plays for. Defensive end. I don't know what, what the rules are of the game. I don't know how the game is scored. I don't know anything about it. But not only am I an animal, not only am I a football lover, but I should have an input on how the game is played. That's a really good analogy. I should be able to say what the rules are because Aaron Rodgers is cute. Right. I love Aaron Rodgers. No, you don't. 
the, you're you're based on nothing but emotion. Aesthetics. You, you ask them, so emotional. they say they say Aaron Rodgers is cute. Well, is he a good quarterback? They don't know. It doesn't matter. They don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's based purely on how they look. It's but, this but a wolf, idea. A, a this wolf this is charismatic cute. idea. A wolf is good looking. Yeah. But yeah. what do they do? Bears. I mean, what People do they get do? pissed off about bears all the time. We have teddy bears. My kid goes to sleep with a bear. Right, but kid, how many animals does a bear eat? <laughs> all of them. I mean, how, they're how the does a bear one, stay alive? They're the, yeah. they're the number one predator of like uh, of deer and elk. I mean, they, they literally will right. take them as they're being born out of the mother deer. Out of the mother elk, they will pull a being yep. born calf right out and eat it I, right. while it's still alive. I heard stories bleeding. of they know the scent when a elk is pregnant. Yeah, and they'll, they'll follow, follow that sucker. They'll wait till they drop. Absolutely. They'll follow that sucker for the whole time that they're yep. pregnant just to yep. eat those baby and elk out of the womb. I'm not demonizing it. That's nature. Yep. That's just nature is fucking brutal. You want to get on hunters, and again, I know we're talking, we're, we're we're singing to the choir here, preaching to the choir here. But you want to get on hunters for being cruel, being this, that, and the other thing. It's like, listen, you shoot that goose, and and in a perfect world, it's dead like that. Maybe you break a wing, and you have to go finish it off. No more than what five minutes passes before that thing is dead. Right. Usually in the wild, a wolf when when something eats another or a hawk. A hawk doesn't wait for the animal to die. It starts. It, it pins it down. It starts eating right away. It starts oh, plucking yeah. feathers and starts eating right away as that thing is still alive. It's pulling flesh out of it. And that's the thing that people need to understand. And again, I'm not demonizing the, it. That's the, just how nature the works. The nature world is unforgiving. Oh, it's brutal as fuck. There are no rules. No. No. There's no There is. There's no, no rules. Morality. There's survival. There's no morality. No morality. Or ethics no survival. I, I, well, it's all survival. It's all no, survival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... People, have you followed the Instagram page, uh, Nature is Metal? Yes. Holy smokes. The best smoke. pages of all time. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but I get, I, I, get your eyes. I get irritated, not by the site, but because so much of their stuff has it's all blurred out, and it's like unsensitive material. Yeah. you got to uncover it. Do you want to see this censored? So here we are in today's society that nature, as it's always been, Right. As it is, needs to be censored. That's how you know we are fucked as a society. Right. That we can't even look at nature without being triggered. Can't accept the fact that you have predators and you have prey. I mean, how do you think these wolves are living out so in Minnesota from in how real life January. works? You know, they eat. and I mean, yeah, it's... I totally agree. It's sad. It's sad. It's kids go to their parents. Look at this, mommy. Oh, how'd you find that? Like, we we're gonna report that so it gets censored. And anyway, people take in you know injured animals. Like, oh, it's so sad. And it's like, is it though? I mean, it's just, it just is. I mean, we had to get back to where it's like you understand how the real world real world works listen it doesn't matter if you're a vegan if you drive an electric car if you have a, a, a negative carbon footprint you've never killed anything in your life you somehow grow your food in a lab i mean whatever i mean come up with a perfect scenario where you have no impact on the earth whatsoever yep at some point in time 
this rock that we live on will get hit by an extraterrestrial rock, a comet, something. And it's going to hit the reset button of this planet. Right. And nobody is going to remember that you lived carbon neutral. <laughs> right. No, I, I always <laughs> think un- about that. I'm like, <laughs> the what? universe doesn't give a shit. What happened if we got rid of Walmart and Aldi? Like, what happens if that was just gone? Like, how would these people live? Are you still going to oh, be a vegan well, here, in I'm, January? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's like two, it's like, it's, it's, it's two different thoughts. Like, the one is like, we're just going to get, we're temporary here and it doesn't matter. But the other one is, is, like I said, I often, like, jokingly but half serious, like, I wait for the apocalypse. It's like, if we had a zombie apocalypse, all the shit we worry about that, that people get pissed off about, it's gone overnight. Gun control? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna be talking to nobody you about taking your guns and be like, "We need to get like fifty of them." They'll, fucking they'll, zombies they'll, are coming. All in. of a sudden, they'll call up all these people that have been so like <laughs> yeah. pro Second Amendment. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. can you come over? There's yeah. people trying to raid exactly. my fridge. Your, your phone's gonna yeah. blow up. Everybody that knows that you have guns will be like, "Hey, man, you got any of those spare guns? You got any more of them guns? You know, scratching, and doing the Dave <laughs> Chappelle crack, dude." Um, not only that, but like the the bitching about whatever it is, gender equality, um, trans rights, uh, uh, whatever. What all this, you know, gender pronouns, you're not using the right gender. Pro- all this shit, it's gone in one night. Gone. Because all you are going to cons- be concerned about is surviving. Right. And when you have to survive and you have to find food and you have to just live, you're not worried about what somebody thinks of you. You're not worried about one of the – what. Of the 26 genders you identify as. Yeah. You know? It, it, none of that shit matters. You might be good eat. for us, personally. Yeah, dude, I, I was... Bring it on. Yeah. I always I got it, guns. I so got they, hunting yeah, land. Right. I, I know where to find I food. I call it... They have, like, you know... And I, I'm... This isn't the same thing, but I, I always explain it because it, it can get lost in translation. But... So, like, Hitler, you know, he had ethnic cleansing so he was like an asshole and he was trying to kill a certain he was like committing genocide yep what we need is ethic cleansing right in this country ethic not ethnic but ethics ethic we need people that are lost that have gone down this rabbit hole of just feeling good about themselves need to get back to what really fucking matters being nice to one another being respectful of other people's beliefs of their livelihoods and being connected to where your food comes from, how the real world works. works. Right. You don't get, there is no, I mean, energy isn't free. There, There's a trade-off. For every right. action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And you might think because you're vegan, you're living this great karma-free life, but you're not. Vegan. You're just not. Listen, that... How many lives are lost? Again, you're going down to insects, to mice, to fawns, to rabbits, to birds. Whatever you kill by by combining these massive right. crop fields. How many individual lives are lost versus the guy that goes out and shoots one elk that fills his freezer for an entire fucking year? Right. No kidding. Who's the asshole here? Who killed more life? Right. Exactly. The vegan. The vegan, by far, and cowardly killed it because he is paying somebody 
to take those lives for him. Right. And he is buying it in the store. Well, and another thing, too, is is that, and I'm sure this isn't universal code, but normally in nature, I've studied this a little bit, and um, Trinan has taught me, Scott Trinan has taught me a little bit of this, but when you when you look at animals, now a goose is a prey animal, and why do you know that? Because it has eyes on each side of its head, so it can see when it's feeding on the ground, eating grain or grass, whatever, it can see on both the sides. Right. Now a coyote or a wolf has eyes on the front of his face. It's a predator. Now, I don't know about you, but it looks like we have our eyes on the <laughs> yeah. front of our face. Right, yeah. Like we were, I mean, yeah. we're in the same, Yeah. our makeup is to eat meat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the thought of even being vegan is just, it's just It's weird, it's but not right. I mean, with that said, I do think there's probably some populations that do better with a, with a vegetarian or a vegetable-based diet. Maybe right. not solely, but a veg. I mean, we are, as humans, we are, we are wildly variable. You know, just why you have some people that can't do gluten. You have some people mm-hmm. that can't do dairy. You've got, I mean, we, we right. vary a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, I would, I mean, so I think if, if I go back to like that, I'd that, cry. You know yeah, oh, I mean? that's the thing. Like if that, that tick, that Lone Star tick that transmits that disease, if you heard yep. about that, where it yep. makes you allergic to red meat. Yeah, I heard about uh, that. I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably hang myself oh, if, I, if I got that. Like, I'm, I can't not eat red meat. Are you kidding me? Right. So I'm definitely a carnivore, 100%. Carnivore for uh, sure. But there's probably some people that, Maybe meat doesn't agree with them, and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's oh, fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like saying I'm not saying everybody has to hunt. Everybody has to eat red meat. It's those people that choose to do it for some sort of one-upmanship and you know to pass judgment, right. that virtue signaling, uh-huh. pass judgment. On the, the people, people that go out of their assholes. way to make you feel bad about doing about doing what our yeah, ancestors yeah. have been doing since it's, the beginning of time. It's just you silly. know. So what is your what are your plans going forward here with goose? Just is that we're just gonna call goose it goose brand. or goose co goose brand goose okay. brand goose brand yeah, um you know what we're just gonna I want to promote hunting I want to promote a lot of the stuff we just talked mm-hmm. about to be honest um I want to I I want to continue to try to get people into liking hunting for the right reasons and to really just being obsessed with hunting to where they want to do it every day. They want to blow their goose call every day. They want to go scouting every day. They want to, you know, hang out. You know, it, it's – I really would like to find a way to bring non-hunters out into the field. And not even like – you don't even have to shoot. Right. Just come with us. Right. Just just ride along. It's almost like the cop ride-along thing. So you kind of understand. Right. You know, get, you understand get the sight of cupped of wings. You know, you see them get off – See that that marsh at sunlight, like we talked about. Oh so yeah, you gotta experience that. The ducks coming in when you can't even see them, and you're like looking in your decoys. Oh, like, like is that is, a decoy or is that a dark? Like, you get to, like the die, like the ringers come over right. your head, and you swear they're gonna take your hat off because all you hear is that. <laughs> you're like, holy shit! They were right, right fucking there. <laughs> you can't hear anything. Yeah, you know, or yeah, you hear the. Yeah, <laughs> gets you so excited, and you're like, "Oh shit, guys, get up, yeah, get yeah, down, get yeah, down!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guide at all? Huh? Yeah, well, I'm a a guide hand, I'd say. Okay, so I guess you know, um, through my buddies and stuff with um, contest calling and stuff, I would say you know sometimes I'm an actual guide hand, you know, when I'm you know helping clients and and setting decoys and everything, and then there's times that. Your buddies are outfitters, and you go hunt with your buddies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know that I mean? happens. Yeah. So it's the same thing, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I've I've been a guide hand for some people well, it's, and it's in, stuff like that. It's in full-scale outdoors, uh, 
plan in the future to become a like a, a known brand, a known guide outfitter, if you will. Sure. Um, once that happens, I'll just have to give you a call. You can come 1-800-DAVID-GOOSE. You can come guide for me anyone, anytime Heck you want. yeah. I'd love to have multiple people. In well, you got me on Instagram. You got my yeah, number yeah, and everything. Yeah, so be badass. So give everybody your where they can find you. Well, on uh, uh, Instagram, my personal Instagram is David Goose, and then the number eight. That's not with an E. Not with an E. No, G-O-O-S. Yeah, there's no E on no Goose. No E, Goose without the E. So David, G-O-O-S, and then the number eight. And then my company is going to be just Goose Brand. Goose Brand. All yep. one word. What's the, when do you want to launch that? When what, what's it's coming here soon? Do it's coming here don't soon. Don't drag your feet. Trust bro. me. That's why do you think I asked when you were going to post this? Don't thing? don't 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 drag your feet, bro. We're going to do it. I'll do whatever I can to promote you. That's what's kind of one of the main reasons I designed hey, this podcast. I got podcast. your address now. I'll send yeah. you some stuff. <laughs> you know what's weird? I wanted to bring this up because it's hilarious. Is uh, so I remember Joe mentioned you, and I was like, "What? His real name's Goose?" So I'd forgotten all about that. But my daughter ran into you. Somewhere. Yeah, she came out. Uh, somehow she knew one of my good buddies, Mike, or maybe her friend knew Mike or something. But she was out at the uh, Clearwater Sandbar party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just got talking. She's like, "Oh, my dad's really into that, and he runs a podcast." I'm like, "Podcast?" I'm like, "What's his name?" And then she said, and I'm like, oh, like literally my buddy Joe Heinz was on there and he he, ta- he mentioned my name and he, your dad was like, oh, is his last name really Goose? So that, yeah, yeah she texted me. She's out. like, do you know what David Goose? I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. She's like, well, he said he was like, you mentioned him on the podcast. I'm like, oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah, I remember that. She's like, she's like, what the heck? I'm in the middle of nowhere and these people know my dad. Like, this is so weird. Heck yeah. <laughs> she used to always get mad at me anyways because, like, when she was in high school, she'd bring her friends over, and she's like, I swear my friends only want to hang out here because like, huh. they think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, ah, I don't know what to tell you, but sorry. It can't but, be a bad thing. No, I mean, no. Come on. I just I think it's hilarious because she's like, what the heck? She was like, that's so weird. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and randomly somebody knows my dad. There is no middle of nowhere if there's yeah, geese, yeah. man. Well, that too. Everybody's yeah. chasing hey. the goose. Selfishly, hopefully, this podcast takes off enough where she can't go anywhere without somebody knowing me. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Hey, I'll come yap great. on about goose hunting. No, so when you officially launch this thing, absolutely, get a hold of me. We'll have you on again so we can tell people the. And we should hunt together. We should figure, yeah. figure out a time we'll for sure. get together. I'll holler for at sure. you if I got a hot field. And right on. Holler back. Or it would be fun to get like me. Nick, Jay, you, Joe, get the whole that crew would be together absurd. and just smash him, man. That'd be absurd. I've hunted with Joe. I've hunted, <laughs> I've hunted, I've hunted with all those guys I haven't hunted with Joe. Times. I've partied with Joe, which, which is, well, who hasn't is an event with Joe? in and of itself. Go, come to a calling contest. You I wanna, do. I do. Wanna, I need to. You want to party with yeah, no, goose callers to. that yeah. drink a lot? Go to a <laughs> goose calling contest. Dude, my first contest, I remember we were at the bar, and there were people just, I'm not going to name any names, yeah. but... <laughs> Just hitting it hard, and uh, my buddy Lucas Adamski has been a great mentor to me and everything. He's like, David, welcome to the hunting industry. Welcome to the club, pal. Welcome to the club, pal. <laughs> That's outstanding. All right, Dave, let's shut this thing down, and really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Thanks we'll for having me on, man. Yeah, it's been a it pleasure. It's been awesome. All right, later.
everybody. Huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, you're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs, uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. So I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And, uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So thank you very much. Join Waypoint TV and LG channels in celebrating Great Outdoors Month. Presented by Battery Tender. Tune in every Tuesday and Sunday in June starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Channel 109 on your LG Smart TV. You can also watch Waypoint TV at lgchannels.com. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.